0: Welcome back, everybody, to goodie and Johnny Moe with the Movies. We are going to be bringing you another review tonight. It's going to be a retro review for episode thirty-six. Mm-hmm. We are going to be doing Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Justice, the ultimate extended cut. The old—I think it's officially called the Ultimate Edited. Edition, Edited. but yeah, extended cut, yeah. director's cut, however yeah. you want to call that. Uh, so, but before we get started with that, as always, we're going to do a little drink of the night.
1: Well, first off, I'm wearing a birthday present that I got recently, a Dwight shoot from the office, uh, stating saying false. I just started getting into the office this, this recently. Really <laughs> just funny. from this pandemic. Uh, but I am drinking a uh, Bitburger <clears throat> uh, Fest beer, which uh, looks almost like like Christmas-orientated, but it's not. Like, uh, upon further re- review, it's definitely related to, uh, you know, Oktoberfest coming up. It's got the... Pretzels on it, and uh, it's something I've never had prior to this year. I've never seen it. It's probably something they come out with seasonal, right? Seasonal, yeah. and I've never seen it. And maybe it's their first time. I don't know, but it's actually pretty good. It's a it's a little bit darker, cloudier, or strong, slightly stronger uh, version of Bitburger, which is great change of pace. Very nice. And what is that mess that you got? Oh,
0: <clears throat> so this is my, my favorite time of year for, for beer drinking.
1: October uh, coming up to, in the know, We've
0: got uh, we've got Oktoberfest and pumpkin ales, and this right here is my pumpkin ale. Um, I am drinking a Shipyard Smashed Pumpkin, which is different from their typical pumpkin ale that they have. This is uh, This is a pint. And this is also nine percent alcohol compared to their other their regular pumpkin ale, which I believe is uh, like five five and a half something like that.
1: And what is uh, around the oh, oh, rim? You, it, you it, cannot have can't buy it. You, like that. you cannot have
0: a pumpkin beer without the cinnamon sugar rim. Okay, <laughs> which you And, a, and a, a coworker of mine told me to use um, caramel around the rim instead of water. And it, uh, it actually the caramel uh, adds to the flavor with the pumpkin ale, and it does. So
1: that's my drink. Right, but You literally put all this stuff together in my microwave. oh, I did it all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and I, then you heat, up,
0: you heat up the caramel. Uh, you put it around the you put it around the top of the rim. It's melting. You know, it's warm, so it's starting to like drip a little but bit. But there's no sugar on it. The cinnamon sugar is oh, okay. is dipped is around gotcha. it, So I basically okay. roll I roll the glass in the cinnamon gotcha. sugar. Okay, yeah.
1: and then so basically you get a little of taste of that every time you take uh, every take little bit.
0: Oh, i go all the way around oh yeah this is yeah fantastic. It's,
1: it's it looks great
0: yeah oh, this is my favorite time of year for for beer drinking uh i love oktoberfest and i i love uh, yeah I mean,
1: I, I mean i'm i know i'm part german i think you might have you have yeah. part german in this mm-hmm. yeah
0: so yeah absolutely right up our alley so to uh to episode 36 everybody I'm try and get yeah in. yeah don't, don't take don't that, that it cinnamon in. with That's you cinnamon uh thank you everyone for watching listening however you're doing it podcast or youtube
1: Well, like my wife by word of mouth i just tell her about her when i
0: get home <laughs> well typically the next morning
1: because we usually do these late guys oh yeah it's late it's i think it's after 10 o'clock
0: mm-hmm. eastern standard time so a couple uh a little over a month ago i think we did uh, a man of steel retro review and we did a pretty in-depth i thought review of that film mm-hmm. that kicked off the the new DC film universe. Uh, that the DC was the EU. first
1: film in the new DC universe. Whatever.
0: That was the f- the first connected film okay. in that in the universe there. Okay. Uh, and the next one that came up after that was Batman vs Superman. Oh, so this is literally the second. one. And this okay. is the second one. Okay,
1: correct. That makes
0: sense. Now, when this film came out, this this film uh, did pretty well financially. It uh, it almost hit almost hit nine hundred million. Box office wise, oh yeah, I think it did, and uh, but uh, critically though, it, it took a, it took a big hit. Oh yeah, and,
1: and we'll get into that. In my opinion, rightfully so.
0: And I think the theatrical version of this film, which is, is how much shorter than the other. Versions? It's about it's about a half hour. The theatrical version of this show is probably like just about two and a half hours, and then this movie, The Ultimate Edition, is
1: about three. Okay, yeah, a solid half hour they took. Yeah, it.
0: okay. And in my opinion, uh, The Ultimate Edition adds much
1: more to the context of the film. Oh, hands down. Um, I mean, it's been a while since i see. I think I've seen The Ultimate Edition with you before. The Ultimate? Yeah, well, I think when I first got it, because I was like, yeah, you have to watch yeah, it. Yeah, this is the second time I've seen yeah. The Ultimate Edition. And, I, and I, if, I, I'll be honest with you, I think the theatrical release I saw in the movies, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know that I saw it. I've seen it again. He, uh, been, here.
0: I think I saw the theatrical cut three times when it was in the movie theater. Yeah, it was in the theater. But did you ever watch it? I don't think I've watched oh. it beginning to end ever again. Yeah, me because too. once the ultimate edition came out, you just stuck with to that. me, that's the film that should have been out. Now, mm-hmm. why they didn't release this film in the theaters is anyone's guess. Most likely due most to, likely to more viewings because it's a shorter too film. Long. Yeah, and that was that was their thought on it.
1: I mean, at the end of the day, keep in mind almost. Every single film that is filmed is, you know, is edited. Like, you know, like, you know, nobody, nobody, nobody releases a film with all the footage that is filmed. I would say not unless you're, you know, total, you know, unless I don't know, maybe Alfred, in, maybe this, Al, maybe Alfred Hitchcock, you but know? Even, even the ultimate edition itself had cutscenes to it. That yeah, you know, it's like they not didn't right. They it. didn't put everything in the either, because you know they, you know, it's like the guy says, okay, you know what, I want to release it with you know with more stuff added in that that he thinks is going to make the film better and it's like the choices that they made i think um you know to me yeah exactly they 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 felt it was too long so what are you going to cut out are you going to cut out you know the action sequences the ones that you know especially since those are ones they probably spent a lot of money on or are you going to cut out you know the things where people are talking and as it turns out they cut out almost a half an hour of people talking which was a shame because the stuff that they were talking about was important. explained right. so much of what was going and on. And I think
0: that was part of the problem with the theatrical release and I can understand why the critic score was was so harsh to it because if you watch there were some like really I don't want to say hard cuts, but the cuts that were made the scenes are not fully developed or fully explained. Yeah. And it, to me, it loses credibility, unfortunately, in and that aspect. It
1: didn't, right. There, there, were, there were definitely scenes that, like, didn't make sense. You didn't know why certain things were happening. And then there right. were certain scenarios where things happened. And you don't really know what it, what what the hell just happened. And they didn't explain it after the fact. And you're just right. like, like... Two specific
0: examples what did of we, this. Why did they do that? Well, well, actually, we could say three specific examples of this. One of them, right off the bat, is the introduction of Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy Olsen is not introduced in the theatrical cut. You basically just see this photographer and he's already like with Lois meeting um, the, the terrorist. Mm-hmm. And then he gets basically found out that he's a CIA agent and, and then ends up, getting, he killed, up getting, getting, killed. getting killed off.
1: And you don't know that's Jimmy Olsen until the credits roll. Yeah. And then you find out it's yeah. him. Yeah, and because we always stay to want the credits. You know, I'm sitting there going like, I see, like I saw that. I remember seeing that in the credits. Right. Going, Jimmy Olsen. I'm like, who the hell was Jimmy Olsen in this movie? Mm-hmm. Was it, you know, I thought it was like the other guy, you know, the guy you know, little like smart mouth um, in the, in the yeah. office. And I'm like, was that Jimmy Olsen? And you're like, no, that's someone. Like, yeah. I'm like okay, and then I think we even figured out it had to be it's the, the guy. Well, I
0: knew it because I had read something prior that that, okay. that he was that he was in it for that short.
1: And to me was just like, I'm like, that's just stupid. I'm like, how could you have Jimmy Olsen in the movie and not even know it until you got to the credits if you stayed long enough to watch the credits and you had the presence of mind to read the credits.
0: And then after that, the other scene was is right after that when. Uh, KGB ends up killing all those all those uh, Villagers and terrorists and basically throwing them to a pile and burning them mm-hmm. making his making it appear as if Superman uses heat vision uh, to kill them all uh, the other one is uh, Scott McNeary's character who uh, Was the Wayne employee that had his legs amputated mm-hmm. Okay, so there's a scene that towards the end of the film where Lois actually goes into his apartment and looks around And you can see that it looks like it's, it's all like you know Superman hate messages all over the place, making it look like as he was going to try to kill Superman in the courthouse. Mm -hmm. But meanwhile, Lois figures out that he didn't know he was going to die. He had like fresh. He had just gone shopping, and he's like he. Then all of a sudden, you find out that the wheelchair had uh, was lined with lead, so Superman couldn't even see that there was a bomb in it. That stuff is not in the theatrical cut.
1: Yeah, and it's all these like little things that like. You know, it's like, you know, I, I'm, in, I'm sure at the end of the day when filmmakers making their film, you know, they're, they're just, they're doing all the stuff they want to do and you, you don't really know how long the film is going to be, I think, until after you find it, you get all the shots. And they have all these these good scenes that, you know, I think from the the, the people, make, the money-making people standpoint, they go, oh, well, this is boring, no one's going to like this. Right. And it's like, you know, when you have like, not for nothing, when you have an idiot like that in charge of the final cut, like that's what happens like you get rid of things that make the movie make sense well you're interfering at, with the, you. at the expense you know you know like, oh well, exactly make sure I keep all the action scenes it's like oh I, like I great everybody right. likes the action scenes but if you're in the if you're in a movie where the whole chronology of the storyline is like confu- chops is confusing it, it, it gets choppy like like that detracts from the rest of the movie because you know, the, the fight team. scene is starting and you're more like, how the hell did we get here? As opposed to being able to sit back and say, okay, this is where we are. I understand how right. we got here and enjoy the scene. Right. You know, it re- to, me, like, to me, I just found it very detracting from the film because I was like, yeah, it was fun and there was a lot of great stuff. And we'll talk about all the great scenes of it. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I-, I remember telling Chris when I was there, I was like, there were so many things that happened. I, I had no idea what the hell was going on or why. I'm like, did you feel the same way?
0: I did. Well, especially yeah. watching the theatrical uh, yeah. version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, this film, to me... So we get we get Man of Steel, we get the introduction of Superman, and um this film we get the Ben Affleck's introduction of Batman. And oh that's right.
1: This is the first, ben Affleck, is first ben, Affleck. ben
0: Affleck. Now, to me, this was very much a Batman-centric film with Superman in it, even though it's named Batman through Superman. Well, Batman's you would, name is first, and it is first in this. And you would think that these two would share the same amount of screen time, and I actually don't even think it's close. I think really, I think Bruce Wayne and Batman definitely have much more screen time than Clark Kent and Superman. I, I absolutely okay, uh, and and that's in my opinion. But I, and I think there there is statistics of how much these guys were actually on screen together. Mm-hmm. But I, I ultimately feel that this really was a huge introduction to uh, Batman.
1: Well, to me, okay, so for example, keep in mind, like, you know, in the part in the beginning where Bruce Wayne is driving around New York City while Superman is fighting Zod. Oh, Metropolis. You know, yeah. most of the time, you're seeing Batman. You're seeing his point of view. Right, but in my opinion, that's a shared scene. Superman is in the scene, just popping in and out. You know, it's yeah. like, I, you know, like, to me, that's... But that's more that's like a, that's background. A, that's a shared scene. Mm, shared scene to me is when they're both in front of the camera,
0: not like yeah, okay. back in the distance. That I wouldn't, I wouldn't count I mean, If you eliminate
1: that. all that time for Superman, yeah, then he, then he, Batman's time creeps up. But of
0: course I'm biased, so of course I'm going to say that I want, I want to see Superman on screen more. Um, but you know, you mentioned that that opening scene, and I actually thought that was brilliant. I thought the opening Metropolis scene through the the lens of Bruce Wayne and him seeing this invasion by Zod and the Kryptonians. Mm-hmm. Um, that how that all played out I thought was great especially the scene in the Wayne building where that now we find out that that's the building that Zod and Superman like crash into in a fight and Zod first gets his heat vision and the exact movements that occur in Man of Steel are now replicated in this from a completely different angle
1: yeah I mean not even not even necessarily from Batman's point of view but just from the civilians yeah it's you know think of it in terms of you know this civilian point of view right because how they're seeing the stuff happening in the sky it does feel like otherworldly yes it's just like a battle of battle of titans right like these two gods that are fighting um you know you you really see it from from you're seeing it from street from the ground level from you're seeing it from street level which is a which is very different from from I think most of the point of views well in man of steel man because of steel. It's, it's just the two of them yeah, really yeah. going at it. Mm-hmm.
0: um and i thought that was such a really interesting choice to start the film that way
1: well yeah and it was good because it you know it it like went back like yes it, it kind of replayed a scene from the from the from the superman movie and it was exactly from a different vantage point now the one the one thing i did not like about that scene which i which to me was just like I mean, it looked good, but it, to me, it was a little stupid. It was was um how Batman got over, how how? Not, he's not even Batman. He's it's not even yes. he's Bruce Wayne driving around Manhattan while it's being destroyed. Not sorry, Metropolis while mm-hmm. it's being destroyed. And he's in a I don't know. He's in a gym. he's not in a Batmobile he's in a jeep yeah. and I'm sure it's a, 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 a company that paid a lot of money yeah. to have Bruce Wayne drive the jeep in that scene <laughs> you know so that was a total that's a total what do you call it uh, uh, plant oh yeah, yeah you know like uh, marketing like market yeah, yeah you know so basically you got Bruce Wayne driving around Manhattan trying to get to the, the Wayne building mm-hmm. and you know it's like you know he, he's navigating through the chaos and I'm like okay you're in a jeep you're not in your suit jeeps are all trained vehicles you don't have radar you, you you don't know what's going on you know when but he knows where his building is. I know he knows where his building is but it's like you know he's like navigating through the battle going on and it's like no you don't know what's going on the building right next to you could blow up in a thousand pieces and explode and take out a full city block in in the next five seconds, and you wouldn't see it coming. You wouldn't be able to avoid it. You're, in, for, in my opinion, you're just getting lucky, and you're sitting on going drive like oh. He's like, okay, that's going on. Like, you don't know what's going on until it happens. And at any point in time, any of those things that are happening, you could be in the dead zone. Like, there's no way that he, you know, it's just like, He's like, well, I'm Batman. I can do this. It's well, like, I don't know if it was. I don't think it's so what? much
0: it was Batman that he could do this. I think it was more or less that he's thinking, I got to get to this building that pe- yeah. that my people are in and but, get them but out. But
1: he's like literally driving, like like he's you know a strategic. This is a strategic scenario, and oh, he's yeah. maneuvering. And you know, I'm just going to work my way through it. Whereas like, like no, you're a lot more vulnerable than you than you than you than you, than you think you are right now. You at any point in time. You can be demolished and destroyed, and there's nothing you can do about it, and you wouldn't see it coming, no matter how fast you drive, no matter how much you think you see as you're looking through your windshield going 80 miles an hour. Like, you know, like you, like, well, you like don't you see what's happening. No. I just I found it that. A good scene. I, it's, it's a great action scene. I'm just sitting there, going, "Like, this doesn't make any sense. He's in a jeep. He's not even in the Batmobile. <laughs> I'm like, he doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know where Superman and thought are. He no. doesn't." Like, he doesn't even know what's going on. Yeah, like the building right next to him could just explode. into. And I'm like, he doesn't know. Like he, doesn't, he wouldn't even see it coming. Like everything just happens to be in a way where he can see it. Oh, he can get out of the way. I'll go down this block instead. Like, you he know, if smart. you were a block further, you'd be dead. He was smart. He got you know, out of the way. He could see the thing that he would never be able to drive through. <laughs> well, if he was a block further, he would have been dead, you know, in 10 different scenarios. So, anyhow. That's that's just a scene that I found to be a little sounds great on paper, looks great on a screen. Think about it, and you're just like, you know what
0: they should have done? <laughs> they should have had his moonroof open so he could see above. He different. should have been a
1: helicopter and just flew. Away. <laughs> well, he got out of the helicopter. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. Don't he got, yeah. he got out of the Actually,
0: funny enough, he got yelled at by that because he got, he got yelled at, at by who? He got yelled at by the safety crew. So Zack Snyder did a, oh, really? a watch along um, a few months back during the beginning of the pandemic. And uh, he, during that scene, Snyder says, he's like, oh yeah, Ben got yelled at for that. Because as he, he was supposed to wait till the helicopter like touched down before he got off of it.
1: Oh, so this is like, a, he was in a, this real, is a real thing. All he was again, in a real well, he helicopter. In a helicopter. Oh, okay, so a green screen.
0: So the helicopter comes down and mm-hmm. right as it's about to touch down, he, jumped out. he jumps out. Like he puts like one leg on the leg of the helicopter uh-huh. and then pushes himself off, and uh, and the safety crew like after the yelled cut like one of that's one of the safety guys like went nuts because he's like you know you could have, like really gotten hurt you shouldn't have done that yeah but
1: you know what though that I think that lent authenticity
0: oh I think and I think that's and that's what kind of like exactly like, like I think that's why if you if
1: you were getting in the moment and you were Bruce Wayne and, and you just like, want to get off and you going. want to get off and it's yeah. just like you know you're not it's like okay wait a minute. Didn't sit all the way down yet. Now I can yep. get out. It's like no, boom. But it just, I think I I actually, that, I'm gonna have to look at that scene next time.
0: I actually found that interesting. I just, uh, the, you know, the whole watch along with uh, Snyder was it was interesting to get his take on um, a lot of the different scenes that we're gonna probably discuss and go through. Yeah. Just,
1: well, I mean, I can see the safety guy. This is his job. To, it, safety. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's like, you know, like he's, he's going to it I because know. if Ben Affleck would have hurt himself, at the end of the day. Goes so it safety. goes back to the safety guy, and he, mm-hmm. you know, he's the guy getting, you know, fired or reprimanded or mm-hmm. delirited, but uh, I, that's actually kind of interesting.
0: So let's, let's go through some of the, the casting with this um, before we really dive deep into the story. The newcomers that we had come into this film, obviously Ben Affleck, which we just discussed as Batman, who... Now, Ben, when he was first announced as, as Batman, it was huge backlash because everyone was thinking like, are you kidding me? The guy from Geely? Daredevil. Daredevil. This is the guy that we're getting. Well, and yet, you know what? His yeah. his later. Wait, and, what the and, hell? Oh, oh Geely. Geely, remember he did with Jen Globus. I never saw that movie. <laughs> I don't think you should. No one should. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I think that you know people were really kind of forgetting some of his more recent roles when he did *The Town*, when the he town. did *Argo*. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, those are, are are two fantastic films. And then the, um, uh, what was that? Uh, *Girl Gone*, *Gone Girl*. No, *Gone Girl*. *Gone Girl*. That one, too. And, okay. And, you know, to me, those were all three really, really good acting jobs. Uh, and, and one of them, oh no, two of them that he directed, right? Because didn't he, didn't he direct The Town? He directed The Town. Right. He did The Town and he did Argo. Yeah,
1: Argo uh, actually won Best Picture.
0: Right. Which, um,
1: I don't know if it was the Best Picture material, but whatever. It was definitely exactly good enough to picture. be
0: nominated. You know, you could argue whether it should have won or not, but definitely should have been nominated. Yeah. Um, But to me, like, those were three really... I mean, Ben, to me, is one of those guys who's... He's played a lot of different roles over his career, but you could see the evolution of I think his acting along the way. And mm-hmm. I think he's become a really, really good actor, uh, in his in his later years. Yeah.
1: You know, also I think it's one of these things where it's like, you know, people are just kind of having in their heads who's gonna be who. And it's like yeah, you know, enough enough. You nothing, got your dream cast casting that you want. Ben Affleck really wasn't that good of a daredevil. You mm. know what I mean? So it's like you know, if he was a great daredevil, you'd be like, "Oh!" But, but that was more of a
0: miscast or middle yeah. or, or poor writing, however you want to relate. Really... Well, I also think it was hard for Ben too because he's following Christian Bale, who I thought gave three really. Well, that's cool that's
1: actually something interesting. You know, basically Ben Affleck wasn't is, actually... is following a lot of people, and you're not. Know, and, and,
0: and not only that, but Ben is following Christian after what was it? Three years? I mean. uh Dark Knight Rises was 2012, mm-hmm. so it was four years because Batman Superman was 2016. Yeah. So four years later, you have a whole new Batman in a whole new um, in a whole new movie continuity. Yeah. When he was first announced, I said, I, I think he's going to make a good Bruce Wayne. I didn't know how he was going to do his Batman because yeah. to me, they're two separate But brothers. apparently,
1: he's you know an older Bruce Wayne. He's an older he's Bruce Wayne. He's not an old Bruce Wayne, but he's an older
0: Bruce Wayne. But that's what sold him on the role. That he he's went when in, Snyder. Initially, I think he, he wasn't going to be interested, but then Snyder told him what it was going to be about. And he, he, he enjoyed, he said, okay, I like that take on it better. You don't okay. want to do like a Christian Bale gotcha. uh, Batman. Um, so I, th- I really, you know, <laughs> Ben definitely won me over. But this. I mean, the warehouse scene alone is one of the best Batman, one of the best live action comic book scenes I think you'll see. Uh, I thought that was so well done. But even like some of his, the, the, you know, the masquerade that he has as Bruce Wayne during the, uh, I guess, what was it, the opening of the library of mm-hmm. Lex. I thought he did a great job as Bruce there. Uh, I love Jeremy Irons. I've liked Jeremy Irons. Yeah, s- Jeremy Irons is For a long time. He was uh, is, really good. You know, I mean, how do you follow up Michael Caine, who again, f- who was great as Alfred in uh, the Chris Nolan Batman films.
1: Yeah, but who was um, um, who was the who was the black guy in the Christmas? Morgan Freeman? Yeah, what was his? Guy? He
0: was um. Oh God, Morgan Freeman. Fox, Lucius Fox. Well, okay, Lucius. Fox. And Lucius yeah. isn't. He's not in this uh, in these movies. Uh, uh-huh. I'm I'm hoping he's in the new Batman, the the, the Matt Reeves one that's coming out, but. Um, yeah, and there's not even there's any mention of pushes. I course.
1: think like I feel like Alfred is like, is almost like the Mary, uh, not the Mary Jane. Alfred is almost like the Aunt May in the Marvel movies. Like every time you see a new version of Aunt May, it's something completely different. Yeah, like they just like you know what we don't want to do it the way it was the last time. We have leeway; yeah. we can spin it. So, I think they they constantly spin, you know how Alfred is going to look and be, and in this and and. I don't think any of the previous alfreds are like the jeremy irons alfred at all i don't think so either and i and i liked it i like that he was like the mechanic you know like
0: this like he he's a little smart mouthy he's yeah critical. he goes back to him a little bit which is which is great but like how he's like he's working on the suit he's working on um a lot of the technology yes and obviously he
1: is older than, i mean jeremy irons is older than so I mean, it is on. You know, he's yes. definitely an older character, but he's not. You know, he's definitely not like. I think in any way near as old as say Michael Caine was when he played Alfred,
0: yeah. and even Alfred Gough who played it in uh, the Michael Keaton films,
1: or even you know going back to the uh, the Batman TV show, whoever the guy who played Alfred, you know, was an you know, old that, guy. That, I I forget that name, no, yeah. no, I do what saying, But he was very much you know a very like you know, know. formal type butler type guy, but no, definitely an older guy.
0: And in this too, again, seeing. Seeing Bruce play the detective when he was going after the White Portuguese and uh, KGB.
1: I don't think um, we ever saw Alfred even in like any sort of butler's sort of uniform. He was like walking around and he, in a t-shirt. After he that. was doing. Uh, no, he had like, like almost like like, like, outfit, like, like, like a mechanic. Like he would almost look like he was in a sweatshop and like you know. Was, he
0: had that for a little bit. No, when he was <clears> he was outside chopping wood. He had the coat on and everything. So I mean, I think it you know depending on the scene, but. You no, know, he was never in like a formal like butler attire. Yeah,
1: like you know, coming in, you know, at dinner. I, is,
0: I think his role at this point has kind of just surpassed those needs, and I think that's yeah. to me. I'm like, I, I, I bought into that. Like, I don't, no, I, to, I don't need to see
1: that scenario. Uh, right. I, don't I think, we, to I think see we've actually seen that enough. So if you're gonna do something different, do it like this, and and work yeah. it in, work it into the story. And its like, you know, like it almost makes it like a different type of relationship. Mm-hmm. So I was actually, you know. That, to me, was interesting to see a fresh take on the Bruce-Wayne-Alfred relationship, mm-hmm. you know, seeing interactions and things that you've never really seen in the other films, and it totally
0: worked in this case. And then so, we ended up having uh, two new people for uh, Bruce's parents. Oh, so my the, God. The actual, the actual opening scene is, you know, the, oh. the killing, again, of, uh, of Bruce's parents, because like, we haven't seen that enough. But, uh, Which
1: apparently took place, you know, every, you know as time goes on, I'm not thinking, nothing... As time goes on in, in the world, nothing really takes place when it originally occurred. When people like think, you know, you know, so it's like when I when it I think really happened in the late '30s is happening now like, in the in the early '80s because I think it uh, you know if you look at the marquee of the film the the leaving I think I think it was Excalibur you know and that's I think that came out in the But April it does 1. talk and it does talk about Zorro. Which is like, yes, I think uh, Zorro the Gay Blade with uh, Richard Hamilton.
0: And that's the movie that, you know, that they came out of uh, in the comic book. But yeah, they had, they they talked about Excalibur. But there was a couple of other movie marquees, um, the movie posters that were... were Oh, uh, and I'll I'll be honest
1: with you, I'm a little notorious of that. You know, anytime I see that, especially if I'm at home, uh, I can pause, you know, I'm going to say like, okay, when is this movie supposed to take place? Right. Uh, I'm looking up the movie and see if it's the right year, and see they make sure that they're Just right, Get, they get make
0: sure the details correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, it, and it also, it also, if you if you really don't know what year it's supposed to take place, and that's a hint, like that that's you know those are one of those clues that they give you to kind of give you an idea. But you really got to be on your game to just mm-hmm. look at the movie while you're in the theater yep. and say, oh, Excalibur, nineteen eighty one. I can tell you, ninety nine people out of hundred never even heard of them sitting in the theater that they never even heard of Excalibur. You know, but like I'm sitting there like, oh, Excalibur. <laughs> this is the early 80s. <laughs> so for his parents, we ended
0: up having Negan. two two Walking Dead characters. Negan and Maggie? Yeah. So I, think I remember Negan. I forget it being Maggie. I think Maggie's um what's her name, real name? Lori? Oh my god. I don't I know any of their real I names. I can't so old Jeffrey Dean Morgan is. Except for
1: Norman Reedus. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, Je- Jeffrey Dean Morgan is um Thomas Wayne. And uh We'll talk at the very end about some possibilities of him coming back. I'm just going
1: to call him Negan if we can. Oh, we be faster to say that.
0: But the the cool effect with this one where they did the pearls, like this was all about they had the gun, the pearl around the gun. When he shot the gun, uh-huh. the coil came back and it tore the pearls apart and ripped all the pearls off. Uh-huh. That was a different scenario rather than you see like, you know, Joe Chill, like grabbing the necklace and pulling it off of her. Or something was that like supposed that. to
1: be Joe Chill?
0: I'm assuming that's supposed to be Joe I Chill. I thought they you don't you don't hear the name or anything. I thought, like that. I thought maybe
1: they had the name and it was
0: somebody else. But mm-hmm. I mean, I'm guessing that is Joe Chill. Uh, I think at this point in time, it should be. It's not going to be uh, Jack Napier, <clears throat> like the uh, Michael Keaton one. Right. So, um, but I I think. I think those two did a, you know, I mean, they're they're only in the movie for a very very short time. Oh yeah, very short time. But you it know.
1: actually it actually is a well um, a well constructed scene. Yes. Like I I yeah. I, I kind of enjoyed that flashback scene. They had a little bit of slow motion. Yep. And to it. Like, yeah, out. just like you know,
0: yeah. they're leaving the theater and everything. Um, who are some of the other newer characters for this film? Um, um, we got to talk about Lex.
1: Oh my God. We got to talk about him. I hate Lex. <laughs> I, think, listen, listen, I think he is. This is he, so Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg, and you know, I don't know that you can blame Jesse Eisenberg. I think at the end of the day, you got to blame the writing. Because, I don't blame. I don't blame Jesse you know, Eisenberg. I, I Jesse think,
0: Eisenberg has played enough roles where uh, I can understand he is a good actor.
1: Yeah, you know, I think he is a good actor, but I really, I really it the Lex Luthor character in this movie. I thought he was, I thought he was horrible. I thought he was in, half the time an idiot. Um, it, like, so many examples, but like, I couldn't stand his ex, most of his expositions, like most of his three, mm-hmm. he, like he's trying to make this point and sound so smart in a way that's like belittling to the people around him, like he's so above. Which is Lex. Right, but if you listen to what he's saying, he's not saying anything that profound you know like there was these things where he's like he goes um someone uh, i think they said you know stupid someone called him stupid. it wasn't the word was some, some other adjective i said you know like you know you, oh you're insane he's like insane you know a sick that's a six a six letter word for people and i'm like what are you idiot like like yeah. you're not saying anything that important you're just saying stuff to hear yourself talk Like you're not coming out with anything witty. You're not coming out with anything profound. You're just saying this nonsense and pontificating as if you're like this great evil genius who's like, you know, looks down upon everybody. And I'm like, your dialogue sucks. It's like so stupid. There's nothing in there you're like, oh, like, you know, like, 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 like you would expect to hear from like a Dr. Doom who talks, you know, like down to people. Right. Or even even like Razul Ghoul on
0: Batman Begins. Yeah. Like, I think about some of the speeches that he gave to Bruce and, like, how he spoke.
1: Yeah, they were, like, full of depth and they they were good analogies. Yeah. You know, and I just feel like, I feel like in the, you know Lex Luthor in the comics better than I do. But I feel, I always thought that in the comics, Lex Luthor was like a self made millionaire type genius. Depending on the version of it, uh,
0: Yes, most of the time he is, he's the one who ends up, like, creating as like he, like he he's built, he
1: built LexCorp in the comics. Like, he's the guy in charge. It's his In company. most, in most of the iterations, yeah, okay. yes,
0: just about all of them, there's that. So, in
1: this iteration, what you have is, is you have Lex Luthor, is the son of the guy who created right. LexCorp. So, this is basically, like, this
0: isn't Lex Luthor, this is Alexander Luthor, but he's still called Lex.
1: Right, and I don't know what his father's name in the movie, because I think he's dead.
0: We're assuming he's dead, and the way he's spoken of is all in past tense. Yeah. But there's nothing that actually, I don't recall there's a line at all in the film where it's like, my father, or Lex Sr.,
1: is dead. Yeah. So basically, he's a guy that's basically born into this company, and, and, you know, he took over, you know, From his father or whatever and it's like he's running this company and in my opinion he never would have been able to do this on his own like he's not a, he's like he he was born into the right family and I'm like he literally is either he's insane Mm -hmm. he's got nervous tics he's probably I don't know if he's autistic or he's got he's got all you know um, what do you want to call it? Um, he's a sociopath. So he's a sociopath. He's also like, um, what do you call it? Uh, Obsessive compulsive. Oh, yeah. You know, he's full of all of these like, you know, detrimental qualities. And it's just like, but he's in a position of power to do whatever he wants. And it's like, the only reason he's in that position of power is because he he got the reins on, a, on this giant corporation that his father built. But you know what? That's, that's more of an assumption than the
0: actual information we get in the film. Mm-hmm. Because we don't know how much he's actually contributed to. Well, he's not that culminating. It doesn't have to be in order to contribute. If he's a genius from a young age, he might have been contributing from the time he was a teenager. Yeah. You know, and now he's probably, you know, in the film, he's in his, probably in his early 30s.
1: Like, I'm surprised his parents didn't lock him up in a basement somewhere.
0: Because I'm sure as a kid, he was a, he was a terror well there's probably a in most iterations lex ends up killing his parents so like Mm -hmm. if you can believe that then you're probably thinking in this iteration as well at some point lex figured out a way to get rid of the parents so that he can
1: inherit the company i mean even the speech that he gives at the the speech that he gives at the library library, like you know like to all the people watching all the people watching going what the hell is he talking about this is he insane
0: you know there's okay so here's my thought on on lex um lex was not exactly what i was expecting when i heard jesse eisenberg got the role i was actually really excited i was too because i re- i mean coming off of um social network you know uh and there was there was another film that he had done right before batman vs superman well
1: he was you know, in that zombie movie
0: yeah the zombie right? there Zombieland. Yeah, he was in Zombieland. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, those two roles, I thought he was he was great in both. Oh, right. two, two, com- two completely different r- films. Um, so, I we all know that Jesse Eisenberg has acting chops. Um, the one thing in this film is that I feel like they weren't getting Lex right 100% of the time. There were times where, I'll get to the library scene in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the first scenes that I see of Lex and that I absolutely loved, is when he's talking with the senator in his in his mansion mm-hmm. and he welcomes her in and he starts talking to her about uh, the mineral and she's like I'm not gonna I'm not getting you the export license to bring the yeah. mineral in and he starts giving her this whole speech about his his father and um, you know that the uh, that the devils you know don't come from the the ground we know now they come from the sky Um, and he talks about you know the the red capes are coming and that uh, he's almost trying to like warn people that like Mm -hmm. like we're not gonna be the the top of the food chain anymore
1: right but no but but so many of that parts of that speech to her he like he sounded insane he sounded like an idiot and she's not buying his story and no, I'm like, and, I'm like, and I don't lying. blame
0: her. And I think, like, like, I'm like, but she, I think that showed the, <clears throat> I think that showed, it was the, it's Ke- no, that's not Kira Central. Uh, who is that? What's her name? Holly Hunter. Holly Hunter. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I get, liked her casting. I yeah. liked her casting a lot. Uh, I thought that scene with there, when those two are kind of having that standoff in the mansion, shows Lex's manipulative side. Uh, and I wish that they leaned into that a little bit more um, with Lex's scenes because he is like a master manipulator. And they start they showed that a little bit there. And also, see, there' was two different there's two different Lexes when you when you're looking at that opening scene of Lex in Lex Corp when he starts talking to Holly Hunter and that other senator mm-hmm. about um, getting the mineral in the first place. Mm-hmm. And He starts telling that story about his father, uh, you know, waving, uh, flowers and a dictator mm-hmm. right and so that whole point is that superman's going to be our dictator at some point and we need to stop that from happening mm-hmm. that to me was a, a great scene the very next scene where he's shoving the Jolly Rancher candy into the senator's mouth this is it, annoying. annoying like that yeah. ticked me off like I'm like I'm sorry Lex wouldn't Lex is always the smartest guy in the room always that's how he sees himself right he and would that's how not, should be. he would not feel the need to take the Jolly Rancher candy and push it into the guy's mouth right that to me was was awful now we get to the library scene so he starts giving that speech and talking and when he starts he is I'm smarter than every single one of you in this room mm-hmm. you could see it yeah and then He gets to a point where he stumbles on his words and then he just fumbles and stops. Yeah. And it's like you said, like it's almost like he gets, he gets so uh, he gets so aggravated with himself. I don't know if it's with himself or just the people around him and they can't contemplate what he already knows. Right. And he just you know, just just fumbles upon himself and gets angry and is like, have a good evening
1: like, yeah done. and it's like you know what issues you, you should have a little bit more tact and respect for your audience because because in terms of a sh- strategy right you know turning You're trying to play turning, convincing off, turning off your audience and mm-hmm. turning them against you is not to your best interest right you know calling them idiotic jerks doesn't really doesn't, well, the- isn't a, isn't a smart play the Lex, the
0: Lex from the comics, that never would have happened in, in yeah. a public forum like that. That never would have happened. He never would have lost his composure, and that's what annoyed me. Is that he went from like he went to like this manic yes. state. Yeah, he for does. Like, for he like, loses for his composure.
1: Like, for like he a, gets a, all a very short period, and
0: then he rebounds back, and then he's fine.
1: No, it's it's almost like someone. It's almost like he tranquil like gave himself a tranquilizer to calm down. Yeah,
0: I mean, and I also and I like the first introduction that we get with Clark. Bruce and Lex, like all three of them kind of together, and at this point we don't know that Lex is manipulating both of them. Mm -hmm. But obviously by the end of the film we see that, and to me that makes that scene a little bit more important because Lex is basically pulling the strings to both, and they both don't even know it. Right. Uh,
1: And I'll be honest with you, that is not that clear in the theatrical version that that this is all happening by his design, it almost appears to be happening.
0: By accident right and you start to see so the woman that so the woman that testifies in court against Superman when you first meet Holly hunter and uh, that committee that she's on and the woman is testifying that like you know uh, that Superman doesn't answer to anyone not even God uh, that you know the people in the village is burned so all that stuff we don't even you don't know and until Lois figures it out in the ultimate edition that Lex has manipulated this woman mm-hmm. and you don't see that in the theatrical cut and that's very annoying because that yeah. to me is that
1: changes the whole meaning it's, of what changes the whole paradigm yes because I'll be yeah. honest with you the, the whole thing in the beginning is still a little confusing even in the ultimate edition. it's a matter of like 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 Lois shows up and it's like you think she shows up for, the, you know, for an interview. For an interview, and it's like, these are all the people that are there. But it turns out, like, there's some sets of groups in there. There's more people, right. Because they turn on each other, they kill each other, and then, and then there's another group of people outside trying to come in. And, like, it's, it's really hard to figure out who is who, and what are they doing, and what are they trying to accomplish. And, yeah. and in, the, in, the, in the theatrical version, they yeah. don't explain it well at all. In the in the ultimate edition, it is better explained, but yes. it's still a little hard to follow.
0: I, no, I, I can agree with that. I think that's definitely fair criticism. I, like I think, who's
1: you don't even know who's killing who. Like, okay. Well, that gets explained. Who's later. killing who and why? That starts
0: to get explained later on when when Lois meets up with right. General Hardwick and they start
1: talking about right. uh, the bullet. Right. Well, that see, the problem is is when you start to when you start getting that information, it's kind of hard to remember to go back what exactly what happened because it was right in the beginning of the film yeah. and you're it's so far back in the film and it was unclear then so you're rem- trying to remembering exactly who did what just to even remember who did what so that when you get the answers later you can say okay this is who that was and this is why they did it yeah. it all kind of blends it together and it, it was a little hard to follow yeah i think they needed to make that they to even more clear no yeah. but the fact that that so many things were cut out, that made that almost impossible to know what the hell is going on. But they see, this is why it's totally it's, undermined.
0: Whenever the theatrical version, I find that it, that comes on television, um, I can't. It'll come on TNT, TBS. I won't even watch it. Yeah. I won't even bother because it, it's not worth getting myself upset watching that film. Because to me, like that's not the film. Yeah. And that's literally.
1: It. is. I don't think there's a single. Action sequence that is added to the film in the Ultimate Edition. They left all the action fighting in there.
0: uh The Batman Superman fight. There are a couple of scenes in the beginning of the fight that are slightly different angles, and uh, there is a little bit more to
1: the. No, I'm talking about like adding an entire scene. No, I mean there might be shots and stuff, elements and stuff. Yeah, but like they kept no, they, they kept every action scene in, and they were because they were just like, oh no, we know. Well, that's, because that's what they that, wanted. That's our bread right. and butter. Because, you know, people are, you know, it, it, to me it's insulting to the intelligence of, of the moviegoer because it's like, you know, they think like, you know, the moviegoers only care about the action and they're not paying attention to the story. But when a story yeah. is so poorly constructed in your movie that almost anybody watching the movie paying attention is going to go, what the hell is going on? To me, that, that's, that, that's poor filmmaking. Yep. Yeah. And, not, you know what, they should have stuck to their guns and said, look, we got to keep it at three hours, otherwise no one's going to know what the hell is going on. Or cut out one of the action sequences, because every action sequence took a long time. Or cut, cut, the, cut the action sequences significantly, so at least where you could still get some of that more explanatory, expository content in there that yeah. makes this movie make more sense. Because, like you said, it absolutely was critically panned.
0: Um, yeah yeah when it came to that but and and there are parts of it where I feel unrightfully so because I could compare this film to other films that scored much higher on let's say like a Rotten Tomatoes mm -hmm. that I feel also probably didn't make work terrible yeah were terrible compared to this and we're talking 20 30 points yeah like higher like I'm talking about the the Ang Lee Hulk the first the first two Fantastic Four films Indiana Jones in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh my okay? god! Okay, so was horrible. Those those films that I just mentioned. Okay, these are just the tip of the iceberg. All of them had a higher score than Batman vs Superman, mm-hmm. and I'm very sorry. But even the theatrical cut is not as bad as a few of those films. So I I am like you that's know, where that's you know, where the scoring of the of, of this yeah. type of stuff is very annoying because there were a lot of people. See, some of this started. I think in,
1: people had it out for DC. You, you
0: got it. There was there was definitely listen, there's subset of fans we know Marvel fans and DC fans that will argue to you know to, to the death over which, which genre is better. And at the time that Batman Superman was coming out, Marvel had been like hitting their stride. You know, Avengers had already come out. Oh yeah. Si-
1: Civil War was they were, about they were well into it. Civil War
0: is about to come out. So Civil War came out uh, months after Batman and Superman did, I think if I'm not mistaken. I think they came out the same year, 2016. So you know you already you had fans dumping on this movie before it even came out Before, before the, the release date. Mm-hmm. like they were just dumping negative reviews on there um, As far as the fans went and then a lot, I mean a lot of the critics, you know when they added it on
1: uh, You know, and I think it's because I think people people I think people got tired of DC because DC kept doing these onesie type movies or Just trilogies for the same character. Nothing was connected and a lot of them were hit and miss and it's like they weren't taking any chances you know they you know they're just constantly doing batman and superman movies and almost nothing else and everything else like like greenland was such a failed attempt you know and then you know people were looking at marvel and it's like you know look what they're doing they're stringing these movies together that they're all connected and they're yep. doing all they're not you know like they would the marvel movies didn't even have access to some of their biggest names spider-man and the x-men right like they had to work with other people now granted there are other big names besides spider-man and X right but it's like could you imagine if dc had to do movies without batman and superman right they wouldn't know what to do they would do nothing well who do they bring into this film well, one they, of the largest one of the
0: biggest of the trinity that we have not seen on screen at all other than a tv show back in the 70s
1: But and this and was we, this was before the wonder woman movie.
0: yes this yeah. was the film that led into that so okay. we get we finally get gal gadot gal gadot as Woman, and to mm-hmm. me i
1: loved gal gadot scenes right well, no, before, before we get into this and so now what you have with dc is is now you have dc finally trying to Experiment they're, they're, do do yeah. what Marvel is doing, but again they're only going with Batman and Superman and you can say okay, well they brought in Wonder Woman. Okay, well Wonder Woman is their number three character They're going with their number one their number two and their number three and it's like So as far as I'm concerned That's not outside of that comfort zone and now it's like okay try again with Batman and Superman and it's like but they but don't like, forget also like you need to do it, right? You need to do good movies and it's like so if they don't come out with them And that's why I think people had an in for DC. They were like, okay You're trying to do it right and this is This is the best you got like are you kidding me?
0: And and I agree with that that there's that you've got to make a, a stronger attempt when you're having a like a connected universe But and don't I, forget and I think and I
1: think man of steel was good. Oh, I love I like I oh, thought you know, you man, no, I thought man of steel was a good introduction that's a good introduction and to me like it was like, wow! You're not even doing a Batman movie. You're doing a Batman or a Superman movie. Okay, good. It's like this. This has the potential for greatness. And that's where and made, the, and they failed, to me
0: the failed attempt was not doing a direct sequel to Man of Steel right away. Kind of like they what they did. with they did Iron Man, and then they did Iron Man. They did well. First they did Iron Man, then they did Incredible Hulk, and then they did Iron Man Two. But you did an you did a second solo film before you did a a, a, a team up film. Yeah. You know, and to me that's what they should have done. Is that you should have had a separate Batman film, a separate Superman sequel, and then you could have had a joint film. Because in this film, what do they do? They showcase the rest of the Justice League. They talking right. about know, they have that surveillance, which does introduce Flash, Cyborg, Aquaman. Aquaman.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So you are putting these other characters in, which I was like, okay. Now guess what? Give each one of these guys a spin-off film, and I think, and and we made, can, it. we can have a whole separate. You know, we. I don't want to waste time on talking yeah. about the order of what they should have done.
1: But I, I think the rationale that they said was this, they didn't want to, they didn't want to replicate exactly how what Marvel, Marvel did. Yes. And it's like
0: they don't say that directly. Okay. But that's basically the understanding is that like they didn't want it. They wanted to do a team up movie first, and then have the spinoffs yeah. after the team up. Because never
1: nothing the, the 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 formula that Marvel used worked, and I, I don't know that if they would have adopted that strategy that someone would say. Well, you're just copycatting Marvel. Right. Like even if they did, like who cares? Who like, cares? At the end of the day, if it worked, it works. If it works, it works. Yeah. You know, the almost all of Hollywood is based on, okay, who made money? Let's do that. Right. What movie made? What like movie? If you were, what movie made a hundred billion dollars? Star Wars. Let's do that. Yeah, <laughs> Let's like try you, and do that. If you would
0: have told me that, you know, after after Man and Steel, guess what? We've got this whole movie universe, and in ten years from now, we're gonna fight Dark at the end of t- right. because at the end of ten years, we're fighting Thanos, and from Iron Man one right. to or, Infinity, right. we're, we're going, we're working we're, our way to We're, we're fighting Thanos, and, right? And that's
1: why I always say you know, if these if these DC movies do not get to dark side, I am going to be so pissed because that's what they're doing. They're getting. That's the what dark this side. is showing to me. That's yeah. what. And, uh, that's and, what's and supposed gonna, to happen. And, and I think, and we'll we'll t- I think we'll touch upon that at the end. So but, so now we DC finally. Finally, gets their head out of their ass yeah. and starts to think outside of the Superman, Batman Superman, box, Batman, and they pull out Wonder Woman, yeah. which I think everybody has been waiting for something with Wonder Woman ever since you know Linda Carter, yeah. you know retired, to the scene, you know, and, and, I think, and that was that was in the late '70s. You know, I mean, or mid mid to late '70s. Right. And so think about
0: how many years went by. How many decades? How many? Now, the one thing I'll say that really ticked me off about this and what they should have saved is they showed her in the trailers, they showed Wonder Woman, so you
1: knew she was coming. Oh, you think it should have been a complete surprise?
0: To me, that should have been a Yoda fighting Dooku surprise. Like, you don't don't show that in the trailer. If you were going to do anything, you glimpse maybe Gal as Diana Prince. You do not show her in the Wonder Woman costume. That I would have left for the movie. And you let that shock and
1: of her coming down and saving Batman. Okay, I'm going to say that was more of a marketing decision. Oh, absolutely it was. And I understand that. But I think it was the
0: wrong decision.
1: Yeah, it's it's the wrong decision if you have nothing to lose. But it's the right decision if you have everything to lose. And, and I understand why they did it they wanted to
0: put butts in the seats They wanted to bring you know probably more females into the seats right. to show Hey, listen, but we you want know what? Wonder I think Woman they're
1: back. in the middle because at the end of the day It's a Batman versus Superman movie even if you don't know Wonder Woman is gonna be in it people are going to that movie Right, but so if, to me it's like, you know that and that's the thing like, you know It's different if like these are original characters that nobody's ever heard of before, you know, is anybody gonna go see um Hero X versus Hero Y that nobody's ever heard of before. But you no. had people go you see... have But you have this is Batman and Superman. These are these are well established names. It's like one of those things where it's like, you know, it's a new, it's a new, it's a movie with Batman and Superman. Everybody knows who Batman and Superman. Is. But they were everybody's going to go
0: see it. But they were also banking on showing the fact that, that one of them was going to be in the film. They were going to get more people that were interested in Wonder Woman to come and take a look at the film, just to see where they oh, were going yeah. in the direction. Yeah. Because Wonder Woman solo film had people that are not interested in the superhero genre. They went because you're seeing Wonder Woman, you're seeing a female-led superhero, a female f- led superhero film. Superhero. Yep. So you had people go into that that typically do not go see superhero films. Right. And right. I, I think that's where their mindset was, marketing-wise, hey, listen, we could pull in from this. We know we're getting this pool of people, right. but there's a whole other pool over here. We yeah. could probably drill in. right? And I and I think unfortunately to me that that left a that deflated a huge shock value, if we would have seen that happen in the film. Yeah. Like to me that would have been really really cool.
1: And I think uh, I think Gal Gadot is a really good Wonder Woman.
0: Character. Oh yeah, she just and I and she, love the fact and she's that she's totally a
1: different type of Wonder Woman than I grew up tell you that.
0: And I love that they didn't hide her accent. They let her keep it the way it was. Uh-huh. And they, you know, they, because to me that kind of alludes to the whole Amazonian uh, mm-hmm. lifestyle and that they, they're going to, they're not going to have a, a regular, normal English accent. Right. They're, they're going to have a different accent from where they're where they're all based out of.
1: And as much as I would have loved a much more bustier Wonder Woman, because almost most, most iterations of Wonder Woman in, in the comics and, and... Well, how she's drawn later on. Yeah. In the beginning it wasn't that way. Yeah. But it's like, you know, it, but in, in reality, it almost makes sense that she would be less or slimmer. Faster, She'd be more athletic. She would be more athletic and, you know, tighter. And I'm very happy that
0: Because to me, that's more real world. That, that's that's exactly yeah. what, and, and I think, you know, Patty Jenkins showcased that very yeah. well in the Wonder Woman film, which we can save for another day.
1: Because at the end of the day, everybody still has Linda Carter's Wonder Woman on the wall somewhere. You can always, <laughs> you can always pull that out of the vault and watch that. If you want to see really, really great, sexy Wonder Woman.
0: <laughs> but um, but I, I loved Gal in this. I thought she was she was really really great. Such a really great introduction of that really
1: character. strong characterization. And such
0: good scenes. Yeah. Such good scene, like the. I mean, she had the she, she you know, you know that, that stare down with Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um, not
1: once, but twice. Mm-hmm.
0: And I thought that was
1: that was really really, really strong. Fun. And and I mean, I don't know if we're jumping to the battle scenes, but the battle yeah, scenes go right to the battle, battle scenes, scenes with Wonder Woman are just fantastic fantastic but it's, it's great because they showcase her as a fighter like yeah. you see she's a warrior because she, she, she yeah, I think I think when like the scene where like she gets punched and thrown back and she mm-hmm. like, just kind of like grinds to a halt and spots and then she just smiles mm-hmm. and jumps right back like she, this is like this is her bread and butter this is what she yep. was born for and you know and she's good at and she kicks ass I mean yeah it was really and I and I love I love the scene when like Batman and Superman are looking at her and they're like, I thought she, she, with I you? Thought she was with yeah. you. <laughs> Is she with you? <laughs> yeah, no, I thought
0: that was that was a great that was a great line. I actually enjoyed
1: that. Yeah, no, she's, she was really. She, I mean, to me, I mean, all, to me, I think she saves the film for me. I she mean, saves that final battle. I love her character in this movie so much that I still enjoyed the theatrical version of this movie because mm-hmm. of her
0: most of her stuff in the theatrical film is in yes is in the ultimate there, there wasn't much added to her from the ultimate. No,
1: exactly you could basically see all of her
0: right and I, and I think that there's reasons why they didn't leave her out yeah um, but ultimately you know as we get towards the the latter half of the, the film because this is a long film that we could we could really keep ironing out um, know once we get to the point that you know we see a a dead Michael Shannon that gets taken and Lex creates doomsday yeah okay so well in in Zack Snyder's world I'll preface this by saying he creates a version of doomsday yeah not the real actual doomsday where if you ever listen to Zack Snyder talk is still out in the universe
1: okay so one of the things that I find a little annoying with uh, the whole Doomsday thing with, with uh, Lex Luthor, when Lex is in the Kryptonian ship, and he like taps into the main computer, and he's like, tell me everything. It's like, you know what? They're not gonna be able to tell you everything. You're not gonna be able to absorb everything. You know, telling you everything in the Kryptonian library would take a thousand years, you know, like a thousand years. You know, and you're not just going to sit there and absorb it all and understand it all in, you know, a couple of hours, like, like, y- you didn't walk away hearing everything. <laughs> right. Like, you're like, you know, it's like, no, like, you know what, your mind would be blown. Your mind would be blown. Yeah. You know, it's like one of those things where that's why Lex like, has a special mind, a mortal vessel couldn't hold, like, just like in an Island of the Crystal Stone, where, you know, um, the girl the yeah. bad, the bad, the bad, the bad, know, the bad German, about, yeah. you know, she's, you know, she wants to take it in.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, like, she, you know, she, I mean, you know, like, she wants to take all the knowledge. She wants to take all the knowledge. Well, guess what? She explodes. You know, that's what would happen. Like, you <laughs> can't handle it all. There's no way let's walk down and they going, oh, yeah, I got it. You know, I, I got it all, too. And I now I know how to build. That, a, I mean, that Now could've... I know how to build a doomsday.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that. And, like, come on. There could have been something. That could have definitely been written a lot better. Absolutely. Um, you know, but for
1: expediency, he he had a, he got enough yes. knowledge to build a. What were they calling it? it did, they didn't call it Doomsday. They called it. They no, it was
0: um, an abomination. Bo- yeah. And, okay, an abomination. It was. Uh, I kind of like that a, creature. I, I like that. A, a, creature. Something it was like that.
1: So. I know it was so wasn't. Something. It wasn't an abomination, It was something no. else. It was some other name, but whatever it was, yeah. I liked what they called
0: it. That they basically that the, they like erased it from history or something like that. Yeah. Um, but it, well, and, and you know, I mean, I guess we before we even get to that that final balancing, there's something else that occurs: is the the fight between oh, yeah. and Superman.
1: And I think that fight is great because that I can you know. I mean, obviously, we're talking Dark Knight. We're talking Frank Miller's. Dark Knight Returns, highly considered to be one of the greatest comic series. It was a four issue limited series from let's see, I want say the mid eighties. Yeah, eighties. I think it was mid eighties. Yep. Um, you know, you know, it's it's to me that's just one of the and it, it really is one of the greatest and one of the best comic books ever done. Um, written by Frank Miller and and drawn by Frank Miller. Mm-hmm. You know, and the four issues, you know kind of iconic covers, you know, especially, I think, uh, I think issue four is one of the best comic book covers of all time with, you know, it's got like, like it's, it's a, it's they're silhouettes, but they, it's colored, it's silhouettes and color, but a lot of the details are kind of dark, but it's like, you know, Batman and Superman facing off. You know, look, I, I forget who's in the higher position, but it's almost like on an angle, like on a cliff, mm-hmm. you know, like a side of, a, you know, side of a, uh, some sort of rocky terrain, and it's like they're positioned, and it's a great cover. But this battle is right out of Dark Knight Returns. Yep. And it's all about, you know, basically Superman going, what the hell could this guy do to me, you know, and not right. really taking it seriously, that he could actually get hurt, and Batman just figuring out, all these ways that not one of them is a sucker punch but the combination of all these things is yeah. gonna is yeah. gonna is gonna get well, to especially
0: you know we're introduced to the kryptonite and he gets the kryptonite rock yeah. and he, he fashions like into a bas- spear he fashions a spear we're gonna
1: talk about what happens to this to the mm-hmm. spear later because that's one of the things in this movie that makes it, it unbelievable makes zero makes sense,
0: sense. Um, but he also makes those gas bombs oh yeah yeah
1: yeah the, right the gas bombs yeah
0: so and and, and I think so to me, that opening fight sequence, the fight never should have happened because Clark is trying to tell Batman, he's trying to tell him, like, and now that he calls him by his name because I almost forgot this. I thought one of the, I loved the scene in the library where Alfred is talking to Bruce and who picks it up, but Clark turns okay. his yeah. head like, what is going on here? Yeah. And he hears it with a super hearing. Yeah, I like that. And I thought that was a nice little detail that we get showing Clark, like, being able to use that super hearing, like, that's something's up. And he even tries to follow him at one point, and then he gets distracted by the, the deaths on the television. Um, now,
1: at that scene, that same scene where um, Lex, like, kind of introduces Clark, that man yeah. introduces Clark Kent to, 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 Bruce, to Bruce Wayne when yeah. they were talking and he's like, oh, look at this. Yet, to me, Lex Luthor had to know both of their identities already at that point.
0: Yes, and I, we could talk about that. Because
1: otherwise it makes no sense.
0: No, we'll talk about that because that that disturbs me. Because Bruce, so
1: Bruce Wayne is a well-known you know, celebrity. Well-known figure. But this is what pisses me Clark off. Clark Kent is nobody. Clark Kent is a journalist. He should have known... Who Bruce Wayne is right. well that also but but nobody knows who Clark Kent but, is no like nobody cares like Clark right. Kent he's is not just uh, like a well he's not even like a Pulitzer Prize running well well renowned we journalist he's just a guy who works at the Daily Planet right so like but he's also
0: a part, but because you know you don't know how well read some people are with the Daily Planet at this point Clark might have written a, a ton of great stories that's that's one thing we just don't know we don't know how right. good of a journalist he is at this point right like, we know he cares because the stories you see him going after in this, which is cut out of the theatrical edition, yeah. like, we get more Clark Kent in this. We get him tracking down. He's trying to track down the woman that told the story with the committee and mm-hmm. find out what's going on. So, he goes into Gotham, and he he's trying to find out, trying to speak to her. He talks to the woman... Um, that her her boyfriend was uh, brutally killed because he had the mark on the Batman mark on him mm-hmm. that Lex was setting that all up where if it is someone's got the mark of Batman we're gonna kill them and make it like it's like an execution mark right right and uh, and Clark tries to talk to that woman so to me that's finally where we get to start to see Clark Kent the journalist and he's you can see him starting to talk to Perry at one point and you know, these stories matter and you can see how he's really trying to fight for almost like the little person, like this these stories should be coming out and why are we not why are we not publishing these stories? Right. Like I liked seeing all that and a lot of that was cut out. Uh not the scene with, with Perry, because that scene isn't the a theatrical film, but it means more in the ultimate edition yeah. because I mean, you these, see what he's going through. These
1: after. are the things that, you know, give layer and texture to the characters and, and to the film. You know, it just it, it makes it more enjoyable because what you have is, is, you know, like I said, they they cut out so much of that stuff. You know, a two and a half hour film, full of you know these action sequences and things that like, you know, don't necessarily kind of make sense. You know, you add a half an hour in, of all this stuff that gives more information and gives more context and more attached to, to to the to the characters in the movie. It makes it it gives it makes it a more coherent story. You become more, I think you become more emotionally attached with the characters, right. as opposed to spending most of the movie trying to figure out what the hell happened and why, and then you know, and then you know, you you go on autopilot once the fight sequence is going because they're just fun to watch, but you know, you I think you leave the theatrical version, I think you leave that movie with a lot of questions, and when you see yeah, no, when you see this version, you know. I don't think all the questions are answered, but a lot of those questions are answered, and it just makes for a better film. And I
0: think when you actually watch this film and you kind of think about the the theatrical cut, you can almost like point out, and you know immediately, that's new, that's new. Like, that explains this, that explains this. Oh, now I get that. Now,
1: one thing thing I, I think that, I still think, even in the extended version, is a little still hazy, is what's going on in the beginning when they're in the desert because it's like you have you know it's all these different groups but they're subgroups and there's there's something going on and it's like you know like they turn on each other and then there's another group in the desert waiting to come in and it's almost like wait a second who are all these people and what's going on because you're almost finding out from the point of view from Lois Lane who doesn't know what's going on. It's all kind of unfolding. But you don't get the answers later as to what's going on. Um, I think in the, in the, in the, the unlimited version, uh, not the ultimate, in the ultimate version, version, I think you get a little more of that. But the problem is the answers come so much later. Because all that stuff happens in the very beginning of right.
0: the film, and you're trying to relate that all back. Yeah,
1: and it's hard because it was confusing then, and you may not remember it well. And you know, it, it's to me that that part of the film is still hard to, to keep it all together yep. after three hours. You know, but at least you have more information, and it, and it makes a little better. And, we, and like again, I think what we mentioned earlier, you know, now you know that that's Jimmy Olsen in the beginning. You know, <laughs> you know why they threw him away. I don't know. Was, right, nobody knows. I guess they said, you know, we can't have a movie without Jimmy So but we really didn't write him into the story, so let's just kill him in the beginning.
0: I think that's what it was, too. I think it was like, oh, we'll just give him a little cameo here, and, and then just kind of them off. Um, you know, but when we talk about identities, if there's one thing that I get upset with is that I, I do not tend to enjoy when the villain finds out the secret identity of the hero. I, I, I have always found that sacred in comic books, where I mm-hmm. always enjoy the heroes. Secret identity to, to not be known, and the struggle to to hide that, to keep that secret from other people, from finding out. So in this film, Lex, you know, we find out when when Superman goes up on the the rooftop to that once he saves Lois, and he's talking to Lex, that Lex knows his identity, he calls him Clark Joseph Kent, right, and and basically also we know it, and then he starts to talk about uh, Batman and how like he's. Basically uh sending him little notes to that, you know, you let your you let your family die and So we know now that Lex also knows that Batman is Bruce Wayne.
1: Yeah, but how
0: and but how and it just it There's no explanation of how that's done. There's no uh, Security footage that Lex has I mean Lex has all the security footage and all these other heroes for the Justice League yeah, What
1: did they call them? the, the heroes? Um... They, they didn't call them superheroes. They, they had another name for that. No, the metahumans. Metahumans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah, metahumans.
0: Okay. Yeah, they call them meti- and that is in the comics. So that's something that's uh, that's carried. Oh, is work. it? Yeah, that's been a term that DC's been using. I don't know if Marvel uses that term. No, I don't think so. But DC definitely uses that term. Okay,
1: and you would know that better than me. if yeah. You're reading current books. Yeah. Interesting. Okay.
0: But it's just it's very frustrating to me that we never really find out how Lex knew Clark Kent was. Superman.
1: Yeah, and not for nothing, that's a big thing. Oh, huge. Like, that's a big deal. And that's my problem.
0: If, listen, I would have bought into it if you could have explained to me how Lex found that out. That's glossed over. Yeah. And that's yeah. And that's, that's at best.
1: And, and I'm not talking about, like, you know, you know, half an hour of the, you know, the, like, you gotta give, you gotta give something. You could have solved that with a two minute yeah, explanation. Yeah, exactly. Right. I didn't, like, like, I didn't need to see the play-by-play how we figured out everybody. It's just, right. Like, you can't. You, I think they're just saying, like, you assume, and not for nothing. Right. I didn't feel that strong enough about the intelligence of the Lex Luthor character to just automatically assume. Like, I don't give him that level of respect that I give, like, Doctor Doom. Like, you know, Doctor Doom figured it out. You just assume he figured it out. You know, the Lex Luthor, the traditional Lex Luthor of the comics, I go, you know what? He, he figured it out. This Lex Luthor, I'm. I don't i don't i don't give them that i'm if, sorry if the lex Luthor in the comic hasn't figured it out
0: this lex Luthor's not figuring it out
1: oh so the lex luther okay. in the comics never figured it out okay. not okay. yet
0: well not in in, in most circumstances in both so in, in most, most iterations most universes so it's like all right so i'm i'm still having a hard time with that so that that's definitely one of my biggest pet peeves about this movie <laughs> uh, in either edition would be the the secret identities um, so I still definitely have a problem with that um,
1: yeah and oddly enough they don't like neither version explains it at all no there's, there's, there's nothing they, so like they, I mean like they the, like that all that shows you is that they didn't even film it right they didn't even like like we're not even gonna get to just right. you know just we, how, but, we need. We need the movie's two and a half hours. The movie's three hours. Whatever it is, we need to get. We need to get along. with just, you know what, Lex is smart. He figured it out. Everybody just assumed that. I'm like, you know what? To to me, that would have given more credibility. Oh, and weight to Lex. Yeah, to yeah. Lex as a character, like you know, it, it, it would have it offset some of the nonsense surrounding
0: it's it. It's wasted. Um, it's 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 wasted on that character because yeah, Lex could have they could have done so much more with Lex you know because it film. is
1: not obvious that is pulling all the strings all the time
0: certainly not in the theatrical version yeah in the ultimate edition you can start to pull the dots together
1: because even I remember you telling me like, like I think we had this conversation and it was it was about you know and I was like so are you telling me that Lex got that big hunk of kryptonite, mm-hmm. not to do something that he wanted to do, but that is was the bait. He was baiting Batman to steal that from him to create a weapon to use against Superman.
0: I, I, th- I honestly believe that he was hoping that Batman was going to find out about the white Portuguese, the ship that it was mm-hmm. coming in on.
1: Like he wanted Batman to steal. He it. He wanted
0: Batman to take it because he wanted these two to fight one another. Yeah, because I think Lex knows that he obviously can't fight Batman, and why he, can't he
1: fight Batman?
0: Lex can't fight Batman. How's Lex gonna fight Batman?
1: Lex has got a, a billion dollar company at his disposal, and Bruce is just another billionaire. Like Bruce is, you know, he, but he's he Batman. can't fight Superman. He can fight Batman. Batman's not untouchable. I don't. I don't know.
0: I. Don't, I, I. I think. I don't know if he could. I, I honestly think he would have a lot of trouble with that. Yeah. So But that's why I think. He, he set it up so that these two would basically take each other out I think that's that that's his ultimate goal is to basically have them both take each other out or he was gonna take out Whoever was left standing.
1: Well, I mean because at the end of the day I think he's trying to empower Batman to take out Superman because I think he wants I think he wants Batman to take Superman out I can see that. I don't yeah. think he wants to use Superman to get Batman out because that he then he's left with Superman at the end right. of the day like You'd rather have to do. I'd instead. rather have to deal with you know a human guy and who's rich, but his, you know like he's got his contraptions, like well, especially you know his identity. They're both mortal,
0: right? And, you and no, you know what? I, I can understand that, but I, to, yeah, that.
1: So the question is, do you think Lex Luthor would have been able to create that spear that Batman created? I think like, he could would've... he could have he created his own supermiss. Ultimate I, Superman weapon? Also. I think he
0: would have ended up coming up with another use with that Kryptonite. Something like rock. He would have come up with some type of weapon, using it as a weapon. Yeah, like I, but, think, I, mean, I ultimately, think he would have been able to do it. But I mean, but ultimately, I it's think. It's more fun to get Batman. My thought is that like he was hoping <laughs> that Batman was going to take it. And then, of course, once Lex takes Martha, he's, uh, you know, baiting Superman to kind of do his bidding. And and that's where we, you know, we were talking earlier about, you know, Lex. And, and this is, again, one of those scenes when he's up on that. That helicopter pad, he's the manipulative Lex Luthor that we all know. Right. Where he's manipulating Clark to do what he wants. He wants him to take out Batman. So he says, look at all the... I have your mother. Okay? I know who you are. Yeah. Go kill Batman and I'll let her go. And now you're going to do what I want. So to me, like, that is... That's one of those scenes where I thought they nailed Lex. Where they got him. Right. Well, they got him right
1: now. Just prior to that, that's when Lex Luthor threw uh, Lois Lane mm-hmm. off the building. Yep. And so I think the question um, I always had was, you know, is Superman fast enough to get anywhere in the world in under a minute? Because that's basically what he had to do. Like, you know, okay, you throw her off the top of the building. I think she's hitting the ground in a minute or less. You know, oh, definitely. under a minute. Yeah, under under a minute. Under a minute. You know, it's I mean, it's like, probably. I think
0: the LexCorp Tower is supposed to be like the tallest building in Metropolis. So,
1: so assuming that you know, um, well, because you're saying because Superman is is in tune to so Lois's Lois' voice, right? You know, he can hear her anywhere. You know, can he? Like, okay, so I mean, if he's in the city, I think he's definitely going to make it. If he's on a different continent, he can still make it. So if he's saying, in Europe, he can still make it. So you're saying
0: this because he. Was in where we th- could have been in Antarctica, or wherever he was. Yeah. Having that vision of Jonathan Kent. Yeah. Like, um, can you? I, can I he... think in the. I think flying wise, I think he's extremely fast. I think he's a lot faster flying than he is running.
1: And apparently, he can he can up his speed, based on what's needed. Because, you know, like most of the time he's flying. You know, whatever you can see, you can even see him. Yeah. But, like, you know, little well, to me. I mean, it's just like, you know, I mean, you got to cross the Atlantic Ocean faster. in under 60 seconds. You're going really freaking fast. So, I I mean, I guess he can. Right. I just, you know, I'm just like, all right, what if he was in Asia? He would have still made it? Okay. <laughs> all right. Hanging out on the Great Wall, he can still make it? All right.
0: Well, well remember this, though. He's when, fast. So, when he's at that, we're not at the the Library. Uh, is opening, Flash
1: that fast?
0: I think Flash is definitely that fast on the ground. One hundred percent. I think it's flash. I think flash is faster running, but Superman probably comes very close flying. I don't. I'm not going to go out. I'm not going to say that Superman flies faster than Flash runs. Yeah. But I'm going to say it's probably close.
1: I'm curious. I, like I always want to see. Like you know, you always saw the Flash Superman races in the comics. Flash, coming. Flash beat Superman in the foot race. Like going around the world. What's their? What's each of their best times? You know, starting here. Right, you know. I mean, they they've done that, that best time.
0: They've done that in like in the animated series. Yeah. They've done that in the comics, um, and it, it, I guarantee you, like when those guys hit top speed, it does not take them long to get around the planet.
1: Right now, keep in mind, in Superman the movie, nineteen seventy eight. They had the scene where Superman, right, where he reverses. A, right, he's literally he's flying around the world, mm-hmm. you know, and he's you know he's actually at some point. It's like
0: it's super supersonic almost. It's a, like,
1: yeah, you know? he's uh, it's like. I mean, it's unbelievable. Well, he's, well, basically, he reaches the speed of light. Yeah, he would have to. Like, I mean, it's unbelievable how fast he's flying. Because yeah. he's actually circling the world a couple, multiple times per second. Yeah. You know? It's interesting.
0: If Clark, he had to get basically from Antarctica or wherever he was yeah. to where Lois was. And I guess. So if he's up, I mean, and, and why was he up there? Because he was talking with Jonathan Kent. Yeah. Right? And, now, and I know this. This is a scene that you have some issues with. Yeah,
1: because this is something that it plays well on film, but it's um. I don't know that it makes much sense, and, and it's it's done quite often. It's totally done quite often, because they did it in Daredevil. You know, it's it's okay. So okay, so, so Clark is walking on uh, on that mountain in Antarctica, and he and you know he comes across Jonathan Kent, who is dead. So, is it actually Jonathan Kent's spirit? I don't think
0: so. No, I, and I agree with you. I don't think it is. You know, because now,
1: you know, like, like, I don't think they really, I don't think that's what they're trying to do.
0: I think this is a conversation he's having in his head. Yeah,
1: because it's like, you know, it's like, And obviously, Superman doesn't have, like, spiritual powers. Like, he's right. not, he can't commune with the dead. That's not one of his powers. And, and right. in all these scenarios, that's usually not the case. Because I know, like, uh, in, in the third season of Daredevil, the Daredevil character is going through all his, you know, problems. And, you know, he's actually talking to his dad at one point. Um, you know, they, they've definitely done this in, in other films and other TV shows as well. You know, at the end of the day, you know, if you're... If the character you're talking to is a manifestation of your own mind, you know, you're either just, you know, it can be one of two things. Either you are insane and you're talking to yourself. Mm-hmm. You know. That's not always insane. You know, but like <laughs> I do it an appearance. Yeah. I do it sometimes and I consider it one of the signs of my own insanity because I'm just like, you know, because you know, I don't always win those arguments. You know, it's the same thing the other person wins. But at the end of the day, like, okay, so assuming it's a manifestation from your mind you know whether whether it's just you know an internal debate among yourself and you know this is the manifestation of the of you know like what you're debating about, like mm-hmm. like you're taking this stance and you're not sure and now this is the other stance you know i always find the problem with some of these things because it almost seems like they actually are talking to another person and they're getting information that they didn't know before like right. like okay, so like like you know the Clark Kent manifestation. I uh, sorry, the, the um false Jonathan. Jonathan the Jonathan Kent manifestation can't all of a sudden come out with this truthful comment of the past of something that happened to convince Clark of something else that Clark doesn't know about. Like you don't get revelations. You don't get insights. Right. Like Clark, you know, Jonathan Kent say, Well, let me tell you what really happened when you were a kid. And then tell him something that Clark didn't know. Because you're not talking to Jonathan Kent. Like you're like and I think a lot of those scenes play off that way where like, you know, the John like the the, the the spirit that you're talking to is gonna get tell you something you don't know and convince you. Of, of something like you like you're gonna gain enlightenment yeah and it's like no like that it's it's not Jonathan Kent like you're, you're not getting some secret story from the past that you never heard before. like it, 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 it you know it just doesn't work that way
0: so 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 with that scene Jonathan's basically telling Clark a story about how he helped his dad save the farm
1: yeah from years ago right and that. And either he had already told him that story in the past and he's reliving it or it's something completely fabricated from his imagination and that's just insane right
0: and and this is where I don't think it's that my thought on this whole thing was that this is probably something a story that Clark had heard when he was a kid forgot about it because he didn't really understand the meaning of
1: it like a hidden memory a hidden memory but now
0: that you know he he's you know he's on like the down-and-outs of of just humanity in general and just seeing all the negative and, and mm-hmm. he's taking in all the, the, for all the good that he does, he's, he's focused, he's so focused right now on the negative interpretation of him by people in society yeah. that he, he goes off and uh, has to get away to solitude. Um, and when he sees his dad, his dad starts talking about this story. I feel like to, to me, it's like, this isn't something that's new. This is just something like, it's, it's almost like his subconscious talking to him like, hey, remember that story that dad told us when we were younger? And he's basically Jonathan Kent talking about um, doing something good, but there's a consequence mm-hmm. at the end. Yeah. And, and this is where, like, and Clark only says one thing to him. So they don't have this back and forth conversation. It's just, he just listens to Jonathan start talking. And then at the end, he finally says to him, did the horses ever stop screaming? Because the horses in the story, they drown on the Lang farm. Mm-hmm. So his dad used to hear that on t- and he's like, yes, they stopped when I met your mother. And I think that makes Clark realize how much Lois means to him and that Lois kind of grounds him a little bit. Um, so it, I ultimately think that it wasn't new information. I think it was just something that was being brought up from his past. That maybe didn't make sense when he was a kid. Right. But has some relevance right now. Yeah. At the very end of that scene, Clark, the, the camera pans to Clark. And then he says, you know, like, I miss you, Dad. Yeah. And then it pans back to john I'm going to have to watch. And, and it's gone. gone. Yeah. And they, there's nothing there. But
1: they really make it, they present that scene as if he really does, he's walking and he literally comes across him. Well, it's because you know? it's because John McEntire's yeah.
0: taking those rocks and he's building some type of like barrier. Or... Yeah. So now he's even interacting he's, with with, with, with physicals. Physical. Yeah. But when you go but when you, you, he pans back, like there's nothing there. There's no rock wall or anything yeah. that's there. So yeah. it's just
1: it's just a common thing that they do, and it's like if you really think about it, ninety nine times out of a hundred, it has to be a projection from the guy's mind. Oh, and okay. it, you know, and he either that's just either the way of dealing with the situation, mm-hmm. or you know they're just nuts. You know, so it's it's interesting, but they, they go a lot of a lot of people go to that type
0: of scene. The one thing I wanted to mention with this is that I, I really, the one thing I liked, and it's only for a small portion of this film, is there's a um, there's like a, a two minute, almost like highlight film of of Superman and some of the deeds that he's been able to do around the world, mm-hmm. and it's 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 right after that. That library scene where where Superman follows Leck, uh, follows Bruce, and then all of a sudden he looks at the TV that everyone's watching in a kitchen, uh, and he sees the girl, and yeah, he sees the, know, the building burning you know, and the fire. This is in, somewhere somewhere in America. South America, so he goes down there. And he of course he saves her, and it's like the day of the day. You know,
1: and that, inter- that is interesting because I think you point out in the best that he. Um, he gets to South America pretty fast. He gets there quick. Like, he's, he's there like, I mean, I like, because the building's still burning, but yeah, he like, gets like, there, and like, the person's still there. And she's gotta get out yeah. pretty soon. So he actually makes so he can so he gets when there he pretty it, quick. He can get there pretty fast.
0: But the one cool thing is that after this scene, there's this whole montage that occurs and it's uh it's people talking about him and what what does it mean now to have someone like this on our planet. And to yeah. me, those are those are real conversations that would happen if something if somebody like this actually came to our planet, uh, and and to me it, it's a it's a real modern look at Superman. This is not a this is not a nineteen seventy eight look at Superman the way that Christopher Reed was presented, where everybody was everybody all everybody just was all happy, all happy and open to like have this person. Little, in.
1: And it's a little bit of naive. Yeah. yeah, you know what? They do touch upon that in the Man of Steel though, when when Perry says, "You're not yes, you're not publishing a story." Right? Can you imagine? what how people would react right knowing, knowing that a being like yeah this like it would it would cause right. worldwide turmoil and, and, like and, and took, basically
0: yeah. in you know we have someone like Neil deGrasse Tyson who's a you know world-renowned astrophysicist or some type something in, in the physics realm um, you know and he gets a little cool cameo in this and he's talking about how you know humans at this point we find out that not only are we not alone but we're, we're not even special in this universe yeah. because there is Superman yeah. and he you know and, and all that he can do uh, and you have other people in these in these in this montage that talk about uh, the political aspects of what he does, like what his actions and what his actions mean.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and there's just like these all these cool scenes where he's just he's just saving people. And there's a guy who even says he's like maybe he's just a guy trying to do the right thing. Yeah. And ultimately that that is what he is. But there are always going to be the skeptics that look at it from a different point of view. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately. He has to live with that because there's nothing. He's not going to be able to change some of those people's minds. He's no. just going to keep having to do what he thinks is the right thing. Yeah. Um And eventually, you know, he, and he gets so down after the the bombing at uh, in the Capitol building, but he makes his way back to Lois, and he's talking to her about how he's like, is he, is he wrong for trying to live up to this expectation that his father had, and then Lois basically tells him like. You, like you give people hope, and he, you know, she she taps his his chest and his shield, and it just as a, almost like a reminder, like people see this and that symbol means something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's such a touching moment in this. And it
1: is that it, the scene where Lois is in the bathtub.
0: No, that's the scene. No, the scene in the bathtub is towards the beginning of the film, where where oh, where okay. he comes, where she just gets back from Africa. This is uh, this is right almost after that scene of the, the, the explosion um, before he takes off for, uh, I think, Antarctica, where he mm-hmm. ends up going. Gotcha.
1: Now, if you wanted to see uh, a show about, like, what the impact of superheroes or whatever or superhuman beings would have on, 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 on the Earth, watch The Boys yes on Netflix yeah because yeah. It, you know even though it's very, all superheroes, very, very corporate <laughs> yeah all the corporate superheroes based. there are you know none of them are from another planet they're all they're all earthbound so yeah. it's not a, you know you're not getting those issues we are not alone but the thing is you know what would happen in a world of superheroes and it's really interesting how they do it because I think they get it right you know it's a matter of you know making money and marketing yeah, PR and marketing and you know mm-hmm. all that stuff And that you know it becomes it's a business Yep. you know, and it, under under the rules of business, it's very cutthroat and it's not very nice. Um, but yeah, I think season two of the Boys just opened up on Netflix. giving so yep. that a little plug, only because if you know if you if you're watching this episode, you probably like superheroes. You probably stuff. like superhero stuff. So, I mean, check, out, pretty, check out the Boys. That's a pretty you can, pretty good. B O Y S, right or B O Y Z? B O Y S. Okay.
0: If uh, but it is very graphic, so if you are very yeah. young, make sure you check with your parents first. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. <laughs>
0: um, the, the next thing, I, you know, I, I really like that they kept Hans Zimmer as uh, as the composer for this film. I really, really enjoyed what Hans did with Man of Steel. You can hear that when we did our in-depth review previously. For and he it. did the music for the
1: Batman trilogy?
0: Yes, for Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy. Hans yeah. Zimmer did all three okay. films. So if you think about this, The Dark Knight Rises was in 2012, the last film of that franchise. And now you have Batman vs Superman. Another iteration of Batman four years later and he had to create another theme, another that's, Batman that's theme. That's not easy to do. You know, and especially when your first Batman theme was so successful, and now you have to create something else for this new character.
1: Yeah, it's like telling John Williams to come, to up, do, right. come G- up with give a new Star another. Give us another
0: movie. Star Wars theme or a new Superman theme.
1: Yeah, like not gonna
0: happen. It's it's that, that to me that's very, very difficult. So uh Hans. It Guns might Guns even say, be unfair.
1: Yeah. I I, I Like would, creatively, I would, I would be like, are you kidding me?
0: And I think because uh, and because it was a difficult task, Hans brought in uh, Junkie XL to help out. Who I never heard of. I, I mean, he's got he has to have another name, but I know but I know that his, his common name is, mm-hmm. is known as Junkie or Junkie XL. So he comes in and helps out come up with the theme, and again, he does a really good job. But, um, but I think the ultimate theme that comes out of this that no one can forget is the Wonder Woman theme.
1: Yeah, the, the, the new very, Wonder Woman yeah, theme. It's is, a very like. Uh, Amazonian mm-hmm. military like just like upbeat you know like, like a war like a battle cry like it's bad yeah it's like yeah, yeah it's like a know, battle just, cry it's like battle music
0: oh and it's just it's so good and I, and I think it must have been uh, it must have been difficult because this came out first and then Wonder Woman's film came out afterwards so you had Patty Jenkins the director of Wonder Woman
1: was like well who's basically I, trying to do a movie an like, origin film right? an origin film but like you know <clears throat> trying to give like the woman's touch Right. And now they're saying, well, you know, not, you now you, you got to put this theme in. Yep, you, you know, everybody liked this theme. You got to put it in, and, yeah. and you know, may, I'll be honest with you, maybe she might not have done that, you know, or, had not, dip- have or had a different, she might not have, or a different theme.
0: But again, but you know what, Patty did it, and she did a great job. This the theme, this particular theme when it comes in, that was used a, a couple of times in in Wonder Woman, uh, her her solo film, uh, and I thought it was very well done. She did a great job. Putting this theme in uh, and honoring what Hans did, and Hans is scoring Wonder Woman 1984.
1: Right, and I want to just talk really briefly about that because we were looking forward to Wonder Wonder Woman 84 before um, uh, COVID 19 broke. It was going to be released, and this and that. And not for nothing. So I mean, right now we're only seeing these trailers, but the but the first trailer that they came out with for Wonder Woman 84 is one of the best trailers I have ever seen in my life. It's it's one of my favorite trailers. It's so good. I mean, it's got, it's it's like a mini movie. It's it's edited together like a mini movie. You know, it's got music that goes through it. It's got um, almost like intertitles that go in between but scenes. And it teases you just enough. It, like, yeah. it just, it, is, it, it just it's got, got you going. It's got great scenes. Yeah. Like, like this, is, this could be one of the, even though I think I'm going to enjoy the movie, this could be one of those trailers that is better than the movie because like the trailer for The Phantom Menace is better than The Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. And the trailer for Ragnarok, is as good or better than the movie for Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I mean there are certain trailers that you want to watch over and over again, and those are three trailers that I could just watch over and over and over again. And you never, you never got tired of it? No, I never did. I never did. You know, so I'm I'm really looking forward for Wonder Woman '84 once movie theaters open they up again. say I think it's supposed I mean, to be November. I mean, what's supposed to happen? Like all these movies that never opened, just, are they, they, they all releasing?
0: They're just getting delayed, you know. Most I mean, of them, I'm assuming most of them are getting they, delayed. I'm
1: assuming they, they got to do what the actually They're going to do. do it eventually. I want to see that. I want to see Black Widow. I want to see uh, James Bond. No Time to Die. See, I don't even I don't even know about that one. Yeah.
0: Okay, so now I think with that, let's start talking about one of the biggest scenes in this film, the the Batman Superman fight. Yeah. That we yeah. get into,
1: because okay, so now this is
0: very very reminiscent of the Dark Knight Returns. Yeah.
1: But before we do that, I just want to talk about. Batman's rationale for his own rationale for fighting Superman. He has this. Yes. He has this one line that he talks to um, Alfred. Alfred, about he says if, if there is even a one percent chance that Superman is is our, enemy. is our enemy, then we have to take that as a one hundred percent absolute certain. certainty. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you, I disagree with that logic. Like when he says that, I'm like, I. I don't buy that. I think, so I think, that, I think that's flawed. I think that's a flawed... And, I think the reason why he talks
0: about talks about it like that is because he understands how powerful this person is and he saw the destruction that occurred firsthand. So for him, it's like, if we think that this guy might be
1: dangerous, we've got to take him out now. And you know what? It could be one of the things of where it's like, you know what? He has to make that decision for everybody because he probably feels that he's the only person on the yes. planet who can figure it who out. Who can do it. So... It, if he doesn't do it, and somebody else wants to, it doesn't matter because somebody else is going to fail. <laughs> but
0: you know, what, I love that. My one of my interpretations of that scene is that I love that Alfred is really on the side of Superman and saying that, like, this man is not your enemy. Like you're like you're going to you're going to go to war with a god. Like he is yeah. not he is not your enemy. And 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 then Bruce basically tells him he's like, it's like how many people have we seen in Golfer that seen in Gotham that tried to be good. How long do they last? Yeah. So, I mean, he's talking about people that, that fit that Superman character, maybe, where he says, okay, yeah, Superman's good today, but what about tomorrow? What about yeah. a year from now? Could he end up becoming the dictator that we think? And not to mention, it doesn't help that he has, you know, he's having nightmares about the future yeah. where Superman is uh, this, this, this dystopian god or dictator, this ruler, yeah. and basically can just kill everyone
1: at will. I mean, it almost makes more sense to almost adopt like the strategy that Luther was trying to do with Holly Hunter in the sense that you know, we need to you know, almost take out some insurance on this. You know, we we yes. need to build a weapon that if we need it, we have it. Yes. That way you know, we, can, we can take him out if we need to. And, and, but, but he takes it one step further. Yeah.
0: Because he could have ended it with that. He's like, you know what, I'm going to have this just in case something happens. Right. But he doesn't. He's like, no, we gotta take him out now. Right.
1: And and ultimately, like but it's, he's it's, getting pushed. It's right. He's getting pushed. He's there. getting manipulated but, by you know, it, it, is a, it is Batman versus Superman. So you're gonna you need to have that battle. So I understand that. Yeah. But you know, I think that's okay. Like, like, it it makes sense. I just didn't it makes sense that they're gonna fight no matter what. I'm okay with that. I just I didn't like his I didn't like his argument. That made him want to do that I, I don't
0: like the initial argument either yeah. but once you start to hear about Lex you know tormenting Bruce with letters mm-hmm. um, I think that that shows it a little bit more that that's pushing Bruce over the edge you know and at this point too we have to remember like he's older he's he's more you know grizzled he's not uh, I don't think he's thinking the way that he did towards the beginning he has a much more negative outlook on society right and on and on trusting people
1: well okay so I, I think the assumption here is that Ben Affleck has been Batman for some time yes it's not like he just became Batman. no I think the,
0: guy. like in the in the book in the, in the movie itself he's supposed to be like in his early to mid 40s right. so you have, he's been Batman for like 20 years right
1: exactly like, you know you just you know just there's just been no movie chronology that, and right that, and that, and that's so he's
0: just been doing his own thing yeah. and uh, and you know he just has it in his head that he has to do something to take him out before anything else happens. And I just think it's so telling that in the beginning of this whole fight scene Clark arrives and he's basically just he's trying to tell Bruce like we need to stop him but he's not saying who it is. He's like He's like, I like, I need your help. Yeah. Like, we need to stop him. And then all of a sudden, Batman's like, No, screw you. And it's right. just he doesn't want to hear. It. He right. just, he hits him with the sonic weapon,
1: hits him with the machine gun. Yeah, he he's basically he basically has to do that because Batman has an agenda, you know. Okay, you know what? It reminds me. Of? It reminds me of nineteen seventeen, where you know some people just want to fight. Yes. You know. Yes. Batman wants to fight and isn't listening. Yeah. Be- and but ultimately in. For him, it's it's more like survival. He can't, you he know, can't let he is the underdog in this fight, mm-hmm. you know, and he, he knows it. He has it planned out what he's going to do to Superman, and he's got to do it because if he if he if he hesitates at any point, he's dead. You know, he's going to lose, and he's not going to, you know, and it very well could be that Superman's not going to kill him and snap his neck, but he's right. going to lose the fight, and that's going to be the end. But um, this whole showdown. Is is really right out of Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Oh, um, absolutely.
0: And, and certain like certain like shots. Yeah. Are, are right out of. It. I think at one point the, uh, uh, you know, Ben puts his boot on Superman's neck, and I'm pretty sure that's also in like right out of the comic.
1: Yeah. No. It it it, re- it, it really is. You know, in this case, you're almost like you. I don't know that you're rooting for Batman, but it's it's so impressive. I was not rooting for Batman. Oh yeah! <laughs> it's just I was so impressed with what what Batman did in the comic book because Batman is trying to and he, and he's doing the exact same thing in the movie. You know, Batman is trying to figure out a way to take down Superman and with whatever he has at his disposal. You know, and it starts off with an opening volley of machine guns and sound. You know, and then it goes to the um, the kryptonite. Uh, the grenade crypt, kryptonite grenades, and yeah. it's gonna, you know, and that's gonna weaken him, you know Or at least he thinks it will yeah. and you know, you know fist Fisticuffs battle because he's got like the super duper like, you know, high-powered the... battle battle Batman armor on Yeah, you know, and it's you know, and at the end of the day his goal is to take that spear and, and impale it in his chest, you know, and different type of things happened in the comic, but at, at the end of the day, in both scenario, in both the comic and the movie, Batman takes down yeah. Superman. The one thing that me, I think me and Chris both didn't like in the battle is that um, even though it works very well dramatically, it's like a little hard to believe that after the first kryptonite grenade wore off, Oh yeah. Batman was able to reload. Yep. Now, now Superman got has, he starts he had, starts to he's getting, he's getting all the strength back. He's yep. got his speed and his strength and all that. And Batman is able to reload and shoot another one off and right. put him back, you know, back on top. And it's like, okay, you know, it's like Superman's, you know, flying across the room to stop him. Yep. And he doesn't stop him. It's like, okay, he was able to fly just, to, he was able to fly to Brazil in three seconds.
0: You know, well, I ultimately think he's I, not one hundred percent back to power. I think he's like recovering, but even
1: still, but I think he would have been able to stop him. Like, but you know, like like
0: <laughs> you said, like the first time around, like when Batman he throws out a smoke grenade, and then Superman goes through that and disappears, and Batman disappears, and all of a sudden Superman turns around when he hears the grenade being shot and grabs it, and then turns, and that's when the Kryptonite comes. So now, he didn't expect it at first, but now he knows about it. So that second round. Never should have been fired because he knew about it. Because he knew about it yeah. at that point. Well, that's the
1: thing. He, he he got Superman off guard because Superman basically thinks that there's nothing Batman can do to really hurt him. This right. is just you know you're annoying me.
0: You're just a you're just a guy dressed up in a costume.
1: Yeah, and you're annoying, and you know let's stop this. You know, and that and I think that's to me that's also why it's really good because you you'll, like you almost you know you want you want Superman to get knocked down a pen. I'm sorry, like it's like, you know what? He somebody with the right skill set and the right tools can can take it yeah. out. You know, and it's 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 kind of like a well, I thought,
0: humanizing. I think, well I think that I think that makes the character grow because now he realizes that like, you know what, he's not unstoppable. Yeah. That something can hurt him and that he he should be more careful. He shouldn't just be assuming That nothing can harm him, right?
1: Like not be afraid of anybody, right? You know. Now, um, were there any Easter eggs in that warehouse? There were multiple Easter eggs in the the warehouse, right? There's there's an Easter egg. There was a
0: Riddler symbol that's in there. Uh, I'm pretty sure there was a reference to the Joker, and then there's the uh, the reference to the Watchmen, who watches the Watchmen. But it's written in uh, either. I think it's written in Latin. Oh, okay. Uh, on one of the walls, oh, right okay. before, as Batman is carrying Superman, he's about to throw him into the, um, like the the pile of radiators that's all piled up. I think he throws him into that, and like right. you see it on the wall. Yeah.
1: Now, oddly enough, there was like a pair of names that kept showing up in yes. different spots, yes. and we couldn't figure out what the hell it was. Like it did, like I don't know, like. To me it would have made sense, you know, to see like, you know, Bob uh like, oh, like Bob Kane or you know, like something like the crowd. Bob, and, and, Bob and Bill or Bob and Jerry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. or or you know, uh Jerry and Joe. Mm-hmm. You know, something like, but it was like it was two other names. And and it wasn't the same, the two names showed up in different spots. And you know, in my head, I'm thinking, like, if if between the two of us, we can't figure out any sort of seg- Easter egg significance in that. I think maybe it was just like one of the people on the set that was like <laughs> their own little insight thing and <laughs> put it on like him and his girlfriend, you know, yeah. whatever, you know, like that'd be funny if they, you know, like you almost like he's like, you yeah, know, I'm gonna put it here and I'm gonna put it here so it's in the other scene, you know, you never know, but it, it just I'm like because we because when me and Chris watch these we look for all the Easter eggs, yeah, we try to figure it out like will all we'll that even, stuff in the background, we'll freeze frame it. And say, okay, what's that? What's that? Because you know, a lot of movies do put this stuff in. But there.
0: not 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 only that though. Like Zack Snyder is very specific. Like he usually has a, a goal in mind when he does something. So if you see something in the background, it's usually intentional yeah. because he wanted it that way or he wanted it there. So that's why you know, with his films, you usually look in the background a little bit to see what's what's going on. Um, you know, but I mean, we get to the final end scene, of course, and and Batman's got the kryptonite spear and. Now we get to the most controversial scene in the film, right? Uh, that's been talked about to the nth degree, where Batman takes the spear and he's about to impale Superman, and Superman, you know, they basically, well, Batman just Batman and Superman both discover they both have a mother named Martha.
1: Right, right, right. And and to me, it was like, I mean, so many, I think, I think you're right. A lot of people just goof on that scene, and it, it, it's basically meant. The purpose of it is to. To give Bruce pause, yes, and stop what he's doing, you know. And I think it probably makes sense that it did that. It just, it just played off very. I think it was the, the scene itself was poorly constructed. There were, you know, it, it, it played funny. It played weird. You know, like, when people quote this thing, like a goofy, like, like a really goofy coincidence, as opposed to a poignant coincidence.
0: There's a there's a there's a ton of memes out there with this thing, and I feel like it's awful. And I feel like a lot of people just uh, hopping on the bandwagon just for the sake of of getting on the bandwagon. But if you listen to the context of the actual scene and what occurs, I like what they did. I wish it was executed better. I can say that. Those two things are not mutually exclusive. I like the fact that they bring up Martha because the whole idea, like when Clark talks about it, Clark is basically saying, you're letting him kill her. And then he says, save Martha. He doesn't say save my mom or anything like that. He Mm -hmm. just says save Martha. Because at this point in time, Bruce Wayne does not know that Clark Kent is Superman. But Superman knows Bruce Wayne and Batman are the same person. Okay. So when when Clark says Martha, Batman's not going to know, oh, he means Martha Kent. So, he hears Martha and he's like, why the hell would you say that knowing, like, what are the, out of all the names he could have said, why the hell would you say Martha? Yeah. And it's his mother's name. And the last words that his father says, yeah. that, yeah, Jeffrey Dean uh, Morgan says is Martha. And you get the flashback scene, of course, when mm-hmm. uh, when that name gets uh, said by Clark. And, uh, and then, of course, we have Lois rush in. And as Ben's like screaming at him, like, you know, why did you say that name? And then, and then Lois comes in and she says, it's his mother's name. And the the explanation is that when Lois says that, all of a sudden it gets into Bruce's head, that this isn't just an alien. This is someone who has a mother, there's someone who has a family and someone that raised him. And that is when it's, it, it changes him. uh, and, And it changes his whole mindset. Now this one act for a lot of people might be you know complete crap and you don't believe in it's that. like the ultimate
1: humanization of Superman
0: but I think it's just yeah it completely humanizes him to the point where Ben realizes he's taken it too far and he's become the villain you know oh yeah okay so to me I understand where they were trying to go with this and I think they ended up getting there it's just it could it have been done differently yeah, I, I think they could have done a better execution of this, but I don't think the scene plays out that poorly. As much as people have crapped on it uh, over the last few years, uh, I do think if you actually listen to the context of what's going on, it's all there. But yes, I think it, I, I do agree it could have been done a little bit better than than how they did it.
1: Now So interestingly enough, so this is that's definitely like one of the most talked about controversial scenes. Followed by it leads right into (laughs) one of the absolute really unbelievable dumbest scenes in the in the whole movie that Mm -hmm. really makes no sense.
0: And I hate it because I love Amy Adams, and I feel like they just they made her take the spear after the heroes leave. So Bruce Wayne goes to save Martha, and and Clark goes on to uh, stop Lex. Okay, so
1: first off, the fact that they left it there makes no sense. Right. Right. Like we're just gonna leave this here. Like like you know what? This can kill me. Somebody's taking this can kill me. Batman's taking it because he made it. Right. Superman's taking it because he doesn't want anybody to have it. Yeah. Like somebody's gotta take the goddamn spear. And it ends up in Lois's hands. And Lois doesn't know what to do with it, so she just I'm just gonna, it, I'm gonna throw, I'm it just to this. throw this away. I'm gonna I'm throw, throw this in this in pool of water. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I, I'm, I'm, gonna, gonna, I'm gonna put it over here and just you know put some leaves over it and it'll go away. Yeah. Like,
0: I like, think I think that was just really given, like to Lois for her to do something. Uh, yeah, and and it, I feel like I'm like you know what, like you guys are better than that. Like that you should just have,
1: that just played off like
0: you should have that should have come up you come know, out a little better. And in
1: all honesty, maybe that was just maybe that was just. Set up to have Superman save Lois again and then get his hands on the weapon which he Cause, uses because, yeah. at this point, I don't think they know anything about Doomsday.
0: No, that's where Clark goes, that's where Superman leaves off to. Superman leaves off to find out what's going on with Lex and the ship, and of course, once he gets there, that's when we see Doomsday emerge. I so, once they get there, so now all of a sudden, Lex basically you know gives this whole big speech. Uh, about how uh, you know the bat won't kill Superman. So or the god won't kill Superman So now uh, the devil will do it right and, it, and
1: he we got the name. It's a Kryptonian deformity deformity. Yeah.
0: Yes a deformity that they was so was so uh, Abhorred that they, it wasn't given a name that they wouldn't they wouldn't give it a name uh, So that's what we were trying to figure out before what was said. It wasn't an uh, an abomination yeah, It was a deformity, it was a deformity. And it's, you know, now we get to see uh, Doomsday in its uh, in its initial appearance, and, and Zach's whole thought process was, like, there was, like, going to be an evolution of Doomsday, where you were going to have it as its firstborn, and then it was going to go through these, these metamorphosis changes, where mm-hmm. it was going to eventually end up becoming the, like, comic character that we know.
1: Um, Which I, it, it, <laughs> I think... It- did. It kinda got there. Because it he kept getting powerful. He kept changing. Well you
0: saw the you saw like the bone spur starting to come out yeah. of the body. Um I, I ultimately wish that A, they got there faster instead of having the multiple iterations. Two, I do wish the the counterpart, I, w- I do wish it was a little bit more closely resembling the comic character. You know, the, I mean this this doomsday is a is is really? t- is basically naked. Yeah, right, like, I'll be
1: honest with you. I wasn't always, I wasn't ever a big fan of how the comic Doomsday looked. I actually like this look better. It was it, it looked like, like, you know, like, like a pulsing, changing, metamorphosizing deformity. Well, the
0: biggest thing I hate about the, about the Doomsday character in this is the, um, the pulse explosion that would occur whenever he would take, whenever and, he would absorb so many hits. Yeah. Uh, and so whenever he, I guess like he was absorbing energy, and when it got to a certain point, he had to expel it, and it right. just basically came out. And ultimately, and like, the
1: way this, the way, like, this character is working, at the end of the day, it, it looks like he, he could destroy the planet. Uh, well, I, and I think that's what they kept trying to build it up to. Like, if they, like, let's this, they say Superman wasn't around this you know, the Kryptonian showed up and just threw this guy on the planet. Yeah, you know, and said, "Okay, you know, they would have just hit it with bombs and stuff, right? And, and it, it wouldn't have been, done anything. It would just making it would have made it stronger. How was, and that burst, I think, would have torn the planet apart. I right. mean, listen, we get the so.
0: Superman does the right thing. He tries taking the creature, and bringing it all the way up into well, space. Well, no,
1: before we even get to that, Wonder Woman shows up. No,
0: no, that happens afterwards. Really? Yeah. Are you sure? 100% positive
1: yeah I thought, I thought they all showed up at the same time no said, let's fight
0: not yet really so okay. Superman basically takes a creature up and uh, at that point in time like uh, the military they sent the nuke out sent the nuke out.
1: and because what was he gonna do he's gonna throw him into the Sun I don't or know just throw was, him into space
0: my theory is that he was probably just gonna take him and throw him into space or throw him towards the Sun something like that just to get rid of it but then when they sent the nuke up there He turns Doomsday towards the nuke so that it hits him, but of course Superman's gonna be affected by that blast as well. And you know, you see a shot that is very reminiscent and almost right out of the book of Dark Knight Returns, where Superman gets nuked up in space Mm -hmm. because he's he's like going to like stop a weapon or something and gets nuked, and then basically like shrinks down into Into like.
1: Phil from Modern Family. <laughs>
0: well, in the yes, into uh, you know he he looks like Phil. He from looks Phil from Modern Family. Go ahead. Uh, and then the sun, you know, and then eventually the sun hits him and starts to restore his abilities. But in the meantime, basically Batman now has to fight, take on Doomsday, and of course that's that's ridiculous because he's yeah. no match for him at all. Yeah,
1: Batman is so outmatched in this. It's almost like you got to sit there and be like, he should. He's, he should he, die he should be getting you should he he be getting good like this and, and it's
0: about to happen it is literally about to happen yeah. and what do we get Wonder, Wonder, Woman, Wonder Woman drops shows, in. okay that's right Wonder Woman shows up and, and when she and she drops in and takes the blast from Doomsday and that to me is one of the best shots of the film yeah. is when that happens yeah
1: no I, I really really enjoyed Wonder Woman uh, in, in, this, in this fight scene because she is just you know she is in her element, she is yeah. Amazonian battle warrior princess with her uh, sword and her shield. Her shield. And you can see the last up Yeah, and and she is, and she's eager. Like she's not scared at all. She's just like ready to, you know. And I just I I think my favorite part is like you know she gets like punched or whatever, gets thrown back, and she like slows down, and then she just stops. And then she just smiles, and jumps right back into the fray. And it's just like, oh yeah. No, it's
0: definitely I think one of the best parts about this film is is this fight scene and um, seeing Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman fighting side by side. I think is a great shot. Like Batman doesn't really do too much, but we do get a great iconic shot that I think Snyder deserves credit for. Is uh, that first cover of Dark Knight Returns with the lightning strike and Batman's got that silhouette of that uh, That position that he's in and we oh, get to the s- cover of Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, on the and we get yeah. to see that kind of almost like happen in like in, in, in real world where Batman does kind of like He jumps onto a, a building platform mm-hmm. with the grappling hook yeah. turns and then shoots the grappling hook someplace else and all of a sudden you see the lightning strike in the background just I mean Brilliantly done, and I think Zach does a really good job of getting some of these iconic comic moments uh, that are on paper, and he somehow gets them onto screen, even if it's for a split second. And he you gets know what? It on there. There's
1: there's one that I forgot about that's in this movie when um, much earlier when Batman is trying to like intercept the 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 shipment of the oh the kryptonite of the kryptonite and okay. the white Portuguese. There's a scene where he's like. Really high up. Yeah, he's standing on like down. a. Yeah. Like I don't know if he's on a smokestack or something. He's yeah, he's some up, sort of he's really up high, very high up. And um, he's got a gun. He's got a rifle, but yeah. it's not like it's not a, it's um, a. tracker. Yeah, it's like something that's gonna shoot like a tracking device. It's not like you know, a rifle with a bullet. But that that scene that shot is very reminiscent of one of. I think one of my all-time favorite Batman covers, is uh, Detective Comics 423, that I finally finally own um, a good, a nice copy of. Well, actually, I have a beat-up copy, but I got a nice copy. <laughs> and it's um, if I mean, if you just go on like eBay or whatever and look at this cover, it's an unbelievable cover by uh, Michael Kaluta from the early '70s, and it's and it's you're slightly above where Batman is, and, and he's on top of a smokestack. It's really high above the ground and you kind of see like the landscape underneath them and he's like perched on it and he's holding the gun and it's a very uncommon Batman cover because you don't usually see uh, Batman with a gun no except for a couple of instances in back in the early 40s and then they got away from that but um it's a great cover and they like you when you see that shot in the movie I'm like oh my god detective 423 I it can't be a coincidence because mm. that is one of the best Batman covers of all I time.
0: wouldn't be surprised. A lot of stuff that, that Zach does is on purpose. So I yeah. anything he does like with that imagery, I, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Um But you know, we get we get to that final scene where, where Clark ends up uh he, he rescues Lois because Lois tries to get the, the kryptonite spear because she realizes of course we need this now. Oh
1: right. Some well, some yeah, yeah exactly. I'm like Yeah,
0: exactly. It just it, it, it to me, it's it's just
1: a, a means to an end like you would think like she would be like, you know what these idiots forgot this I'm gonna safeguard right. this and hold on to it. The, the, no, I'm
0: just gonna there's no throw point, it away There's no point of her throwing it in there. It just all. makes no sense So to me, I think it just gave her something to do and get, to get her into trouble for for Superman to come save her And of course yeah. it does and then he, he now gets he's the got sphere. the spear
1: and, and, and ooh, look at that this just happen to have a weapon yeah. that could probably kill Doomsday. How convenient.
0: No, and then he you know, he obviously he he talks to Lois one final time before rushing out to stay Doomsday. Yeah. But right before he he gets that to Doomsday, Wonder Woman cuts off Doomsday's arm and then now they got this giant bony protrusion that's like yeah. starts coming through and it's basically like a like a like a giant like point, almost like a spear for an arm. Mm-hmm. Uh and a Superman kind of rushes to hit him. Wonder Woman gets him with the lasso, gets Doomsday with the lasso, and Batman hits him with the final kryptonite grenade. Oh, okay. And it, it stops. He was supposed to have, like, a pulse. You can see him, like, ready, ready, to ready to, like, pulse. pulse again. And then the kryptonite, as soon as he gets hit with that, like, it, it just diminishes. And it sucks it all back in. And then that's when uh, Superman hits him with the spear.
1: Now, because... Doomsday is Kryptonian, his bones can pierce Superman's yeah. skin. My guess
0: is that because they're basically on an evil, evil playing field. They're on evil playing like, field. You know, like yeah. So whatever. basically he takes that giant bony spear and puts it right through Superman's chest. And Superman, I think, at you know, at one point takes himself and pulls himself and impales himself more to get the final thrust to get yeah, that spear through. ultimately he's got
1: it. It's now and ever. If he got, doesn't do it, he's, he's got to kill
0: Doomsday. He's he knows that if he doesn't do it, it's gonna it's gonna kill his world. Yeah, you know. So I, and, and I think that's the that's the valiant thing. I just think, unfortunately, as the second film in the DC film franchise, killing off your one of your top heroes, knowing that it, to me it's like it wasn't a shot, because we all know he was going to come back. So to me, like that, it I felt it didn't have as much weight or meaning as it could have had if you did it further
1: down the line now this is something that i didn't understand but i think you explained to me at one point i i didn't quite understand why there was all this kryptonite hanging out left around for people to even salvage from anywhere but you told me that it was well there's so the world
0: engine was turning so because the world engine in the indian ocean was was changing the atmosphere to krypton um all those blasts that it was doing into into the ocean and it created those particulates. I think eventually it basically made enough in certain spots to create kryptonite. Okay, because and that's why they were able to create these, they had these large chunks, okay. because in Metropolis, in the very beginning of the film, Lex is talking to uh, Holly Hunter's character, mm-hmm. and they talk about finding like small pieces of it around the city from the, the, the ship, the capital ship that basically started to destroy, that was, t- uh, Synced up with the world engine, but the world engine ended up creating these large pockets of, of kryptonite. The one that they find, and yeah. I'm assuming that there's more there.
1: Exactly, it's got to, it had. To yeah, be. like
0: it's not just that one.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, and it'll be interesting to see if they ever get a future film going. Like what what happened with all that stuff. Did,
1: did we talk about Holly Hunter at all?
0: We did. Yeah, no, we talked about Holly okay. Hunter. I, I still th- I thought that she. was I starting. thought
1: she. I I just wanted to reiterate that I just thought that she brought. Like really good depth and weight to the character she was playing yeah like I was like I I enjoyed her performance a lot and to me it was kind of shocking when when the the bomb went off off. I don't know that I was expecting that I think you know what though I think the thing that bothered me most about the bomb going off is um, Lex Luthor's Asian sidekick was was, was,
0: mercy You know what
1: i thought she was i didn't know who she was but i i i liked her character i was like really he killed her i'm like not for nothing lex that was a dick move mercy
0: is a is a great character from the animated series and she's basically like his bodyguard so she knows how to like kick butt and this is how like he kind of survives where he doesn't have to fight mercy does all that for him so to me like i would have liked to have seen just one simple scene where if somebody went to go and attack Lex for some reason and she stepped in and dropped them, and then you just see how cool of a character she she is. Yeah. And unfortunately, she's dead.
1: Yeah, and you know, not for nothing, I think Lex easily could have figured out a way for her to not be in the room mm-hmm. and still blow everybody to smithereens. Yeah. Like, it's like... I or, like I'm, I'm like, you know what? Because, like... You could tell she was pretty cool oh and yeah, she yeah. was totally on lex's side i just felt it's that like, she's com- wait, like she, was, a
0: jerk. she was completely underutilized unfortunately yeah. um one thing we didn't really talk about is and I, I, know, I know i think i mentioned this earlier that i think this is one of the best scenes that, that ben put out there was the the warehouse scene when batman <sighs> does save martha
1: oh yeah yeah yeah
0: so to me like this thing is one of the best Fighting scenes in a comic book movie just this one guy against an entire
1: floor of goons yeah that he just takes out oh yeah no like it's yeah it's real like boom precision uh, battle now one of the things that you know call me whatever I I one of the things that I found very exciting about that scene was just you know Diane <laughs> you know okay. you like, <laughs> I think is great. you've got problems. I might, But yeah. I was like I was like, oh, I was like, you know what? I, that I enjoy.
0: <laughs> um, but I mean ultimately I think that is and, and there's a, a bunch of stuff from but that was no that the was, a good, that was a good fight and I really think that that that's a really. It's scene. just so good to see to did see he, Batman take Did he
1: out. get stabbed in that che? Didn't he gets, somebody didn't somebody he,
0: get him? At one point he's like fighting like two or three guys and he gets knocked down onto his back and then one guy comes and stamps him like right in the shoulder. And then he ends up getting up. He even gets shot in the cowl. But the cowl's bulletproof. Yeah,
1: you know what that I think I remember question that, but like I'm like, like, is it really that bulletproof where that if wouldn't even that wouldn't even hurt him that much
0: if it's Kevlar then yeah it probably yes, it was in reality he probably would have had a huge headache
1: yeah like it front. should have like snapped like like he
0: does he gets shot and then he like you see him like coming with like go like this so my guess is it it probably did like hurt him or at least like you know ring his bell but uh obviously not the bullet didn't penetrate the suit and
1: wasn't um alfred flying Alfred was flying the Batwing remotely. Oh, remotely! He was flying it remotely. Yeah. Okay. But he was like, you know, which shit I thought stuff. was,
0: but to me, and I thought that was a cool use of like drone technology. Yeah. For, well, for I mean, it's,
1: he's basically, you know, he's Batman's wingman. You
0: know? Yeah. Just remotely. No, just uh, really, really cool. Um, you know, we get some th- some things in here that you know we get to see a lot of the the origins of like Flash, Aquaman, Cyborg, um, little little snippet videos. Mm-hmm and Of things to come, of things to come, and of course, you know, like we we talked about this before a little bit, but the you know we had that nightmare scene, so we got
1: to see power demons, which is kind of cool. Yes, and we got to see in the in the ultimate edition, we get to see stepping Step wolf at the right at the very I end i don't know if it's i don't know if it's re, if it's really him or just an image of him but that's
0: one thing that's like unclear my guess is it's probably almost like a like a hologram because yeah, there's so. oh, there's even like a mother box and like it kind of like just disappears it disappears like it like it like it like fades away like you yeah. know it just, it just floats away so my guess is that it's probably just a hologram more or less that's like talking to lex
1: right because now what you know you finally get lex at the end where they shave his head and now he's bald and not for nothing, he looks like he looks like a sniveling imbecile. He looked better bald. Yeah, but, but like like he, he looked like, he looked great bald. Like he's like but he's head. like an imbecile. Like he's like, you know, like he's like you know, like he's caught and he's snivelling and well, he, you know, at this point he's, he's he's just going crazy. He's talking mounds of crazy stuff. But he but he talks about how the bell has been rung and he's coming. You yeah. uh, know, and, and and I've said it before and I said it again, you know, everything's leading the dark side. Yeah, and if, and if you do not, if DC does not deliver Darkseid at the end of this whole goddamn ride, I'm done with them. I will well, still watch their movies, but I have no expectations.
0: The, the only thing I'll say is that 2021, we are supposed to get Zack Snyder's version of Justice League. Right. So the Justice League film that came out in 2017 um, was more or less Joss Whedon's film with over 70% of the film, or even maybe 75% of the film, was reshot and filmed the way that he wanted to do the movie. Oh, okay. So this new film that we're getting, and it's not really a film, it's a film, but they're doing it, HBO Max is putting out four, four episodes, and they're four one-hour hour episodes. Episode, episodes. So it's like a like a little mini-series. Mini series. Um, but it's, it's basically, it's Zach's mm-hmm. vision. For justice League so a lot of stuff that was cut out of Whedon's film is gonna be put back in and one of the scenes is a scene with Darkseid but the scene with Darkseid wasn't until the end of the film really yeah but that was supposed to lead into a second and third Justice League film
1: I just hope they make Darkseid like I just hope they give him the justice that he needs like he's not just a, an idiotic brawler no 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 like you know like you know like you know he's a I know, he's the ruler of a planet right you know he's you know and he's really and he's really powerful you know and he's he's really dark and
0: evil and, I, I hope so too I really I mean, hope that we get some um, we that we get a really good look at dark side I don't know I I think really is there a possibility that we might get a Justice League too? possibly will it, be good? will it be theatrical I don't know yeah, yeah I think that, I think it all depends on the response that the Snyder Cut gets, if it gets a really positive response, then guess what? Money talks. Then now maybe they will fund the you Justice. Know, I, I
1: just feel like DC is always at this point where they're not going to commit to the next film until we see how the last one went. Whereas yeah. like Marvel was committed, like you know basically, after Iron Man One, Marvel was committed. Like if Iron Man One failed, I think they were dead in the water. Right. Iron Man One was great, and they said, "Okay, well, I think they had an idea what they wanted to do." Yeah. And Iron Man One f- was a success. I think from that point on, they never looked back. I, At no point were they going to say, "Well, let's see how the movie does, and let's see if we put if that's going to pull the plug on the whole thing." The difference, it's like,
0: no. The difference is between with, with Marvel and that DC is that Marvel had a, a, a road map. They had a whole plan laid out for them. Yeah, 10 years as to what they yeah, wanted to and, do. And they, right, that's and, the thing. And DC, and DC could do DC that, but they won't. Done done that. But they had too annoying. But they had certain things, and then they would make course corrections for perceived criticism on their films, and they would try to make adjustments. Right or wrong, that's what they were doing. But I think now DC's in a much better place. You know, successes like Aquaman, Shazam, uh, Wonder Woman... To me, those are success films enough that they've got something going on. You know, I mean, the the Joss Whedon version of Justice League um, might be a little bit more mixed, but critics did seem to somewhat enjoy that film more so than some of Snyder's work. Mm-hmm. So it, what we've got coming out next year, I hope, is good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I definitely look forward to seeing what happens, but we won't know until next year. Yeah. And that's it. You know I mean this film I definitely enjoyed quite a bit uh, compared to some of the other DC films that are out there uh, I will never ever watch the theatrical version again I will only watch the ultimate edition.
1: yeah I think so too because if you once you've seen the ultimate edition you're gonna watch the theatrical version just get more annoyed more annoyed than before. you, you were. get you just get you get you a get bit, more annoyed, you get get, less
0: annoyed. especially knowing the scenes that are there
1: you're like oh. I wish this was in it. Yeah, idea. why waste your time? You know, just put in the extra half an hour and watch a better version right. of the movie. You know, the You know, what is it? Penny, penny smart, penny stupid, and penny smart and dollar stupid. That's it. You know, don't be penny smart and dollar stupid. You know, watch watch the whole thing. I mean, at the end of the day, I think um, I think I give the ultimate edition three stars. Pretty good three stars, not a solid three stars, but because there's there's enough there's enough good there's in enough in there, there. Yeah. there's enough good in there to make some of the you know stupid stuff slide. And I think I I, I think it's like a scenario where it's like two point seven five, and I round up. <laughs> that makes sense. Whereas the theatrical version, it's two and a half at best, and I lean more towards two. Like you know, it really and it just goes to show you. Like, how much, what they took out, took away. You oh, know? yeah. You know, because you know, you know, there's somebody there going, you know, we need a shorter film, take out all the talky stuff. And it's like, well, that's what they did. You know what? Maybe that's not such a good idea.
0: I, I mean, I, I think the ultimate, I, the Ultimate Edition should just be considered Batman vs Superman Dawn of Justice. We shouldn't even have a conversation of the yeah. theatrical version versus Ultimate Edition. So. To me, if I ever talk about Batman vs Superman, it's always about the Ultimate Edition. Um, you know, I really want yeah, to I see. I, I there are definite changes that I would make with this film for sure, but overall, I had enough that I did enjoy it. Um, I I want to see Zach finish his vision. You know, I mean, this if you're talking about a trilogy, you had Man of Steel, then you had Batman vs Superman, then you're supposed to have Justice League. I want to see what happens with that, and I feel yeah. like we haven't. Unfortunately, we didn't get that in 2017. So show me this,
1: and I hope they expand a little bit further than just the six characters that we got. Because where we got, we got Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Cyborg, Flash, and Aquaman. Like we're supposed to see Are you e. really only gonna stick it? You know, this is your Justice League and individual movies, and like you're just not gonna bring anybody else in. They're
0: supposed to hint at uh, Martian Manhunter. It's supposed to be hinted at in Justice League. Okay, and that it's been Harry Lennox the entire time the general swanwick character okay that the, he's he's oh, he's okay. john jones okay you know and it, because he's a shapeshifter okay so but that's him and i, I would really hope that they you
1: know and, and that's one that that like the movie. why like, not more why aren't they expanding? Like, you know, like like you know i mean the marvel movies they're doing everybody i think you're going to end up seeing dc is just like dc's left like, like, a handful and
0: I, and i feel like the flash movie because they're going to probably do Flashpoint, it looks like that's going to be like their rebirth after the end of that film. And I think you're going to start seeing
1: more characters. Oh, what about, uh, I thought I heard a Hawkman was coming somewhere. That's in the Black Adam movie. Oh, okay. And Black Adam is like Captain Marvel, right?
0: Yes. But it's getting his own solo film because it's The Rock. But he's a bad guy. He's an anti-hero, can be seen as a villain. Okay,
1: okay, he's an anti-hero, okay. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to have Hawkman. Okay, so, all right. Then, you know, I mean, who do you got left? There's so many, but like... Oh, you know, there's a ton. Spectre. I don't, know how, I don't know how you bring... You know, bring back Green Lantern. You know, bring back Green Lantern gonna, and do it right. Green Lantern oh will be done God. again soon. You know, not for nothing. You, your top five DC characters is Batman... Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Green Lantern. Those are your top five. Right. And you need to get the movies out. Know? Right. And guess what? You have the rights to Green Lantern. Like, Like I said, you know... You know, Marvel didn't have the rights to do to pull in uh, Spider Man and, and X Men and Fantastic Four. You know, and, you know at the beginning, and they were and they were still able to do so much. It's like, come on, like you have what? so many characters to pull from.
0: I think it's a it's a matter of getting the right people in place. You know, just
1: do them. Like Marvel's the pulling. Marvel's pulling in the Black Knight. I mean, you're talking really low level characters here. You're pulling in the Black Knight. You know, like. You know, Marvel's pulling the Black Knight and, and and DC isn't pulling the gun with Green Lantern. Are you freaking kidding me? I know. Come on. Well, hopefully
0: within the next year or two, we'll start seeing more developments on that, especially now with HBO Max, because they're part, you know, Warner Brothers is part yeah. of that. So I guess we'll end up seeing. But, okay. guys, I think that's going to be it for tonight. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed. It was a long one, I know, but this is another in-depth review, so yeah. keep that in mind.
1: Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. Thank you much. See you guys next time. See you next movie. time.